1: yeah, and the countdown begins. Uh, I've decided to move the show to Rumble. Uh, Talked to all my reporters. They're all in favor. At least I don't know anybody that's objective. Uh, I don't think it'd matter anyway. I'm going anyway. <laughs> we're just going to go to Rumble. We're going to go visual. So enough of this audio stuff. Uh, it's time we're in a visual world. And uh, the numbers are not where I want them to be in the audio portion of Action Radio. And so uh, we're making a big change here. And it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. <laughs> I can't tell you. I mean, I literally can't tell you uh, the comments that are going on. We have a we have an action radio group chat where we talk about everything that we don't talk about on the show, and uh, it's pretty funny. But anyway, it's been some interesting reaction to that. All right, let's get to uh, Bonnie and I'll see what she thinks of this and everything else. Uh, and Bonnie, you actually have two hours if you want because uh, Bianca canceled the second hour. So if you want to hang around, feel free. Let's get to the B word. Who is that woman behind the microphone? What stories does she have for us? Secluded in a small radio studio in a secure location, Bonnie Nesbitt presents the News of the Week, and then presents not the News of the Week. So join us now for The B-Word with Bonnie Nesbitt. Yeah, Marco's there in the Netherlands checking with a big thumbs up. He thinks uh, Rumble's a good, good idea. So uh, there we go. So we've, we've, got, we've got Netherlands approval. We've got international approval as well. Hey, Bonnie. Hey, hey. So what do you think? We're going to be visual. You're going to have to, like, change clothes and things every week.
2: I know. I know. Actually, my, my gut reaction when you first said that was like, oh, no, I can't do this in my yoga pants anymore. But then I got to yes, thinking, you know like, what? Screw that. No, actually, nope, I can't, you, totally can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: In fact, you can be doing yoga while you do the show for all I care. Uh, and this is, this is, uh, this is fascinating. This is because you know me, I mean, the one of the prime, the prime directive is like Star Trek. The prime directive is that nothing changes. You know, we don't change people. Right. Um, you know, I don't, you know, if we get famous, I don't go to a superstar PR, you know, approved guests. I don't do any of that crap. If you're on the show, you're on the mm-hmm. show. I don't care if, right. uh, you know, where, where we are in life. That's not the point of the show. It never has been. You know, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. have a show dedicated to teaching regular people how to write legislation and have nothing but national known public figures, snooty, you know, aristocratic, arrogant, uh, you know, those folks. <laughs> I don't want them. Yeah. You know, now they're going to want. Right, they're going to exactly. want to be on the show. That's that's the funny part. They're going to want to be on the show. When We get really big. I mean, really big. I'm talking millions of people because mm-hmm. nobody does what we do in the world today, and they're not likely to either. Um, that uh, they're going to be applying to me, and they'll be like, "Hey, remember me? I'm the guy that wanted to get on your show, you know, a couple of years ago when you right. didn't care who I was. Yeah, I got a really good memory. <laughs> really good yeah. memory. Yeah.
2: Well, that's, and I, and I, that's when they ahead. come to you, and you just give them the cat filter. That's when you put mm-hmm. the cat filter on them for sure. Oh, no, no,
1: what is this cat filter? I want <laughs> I want to say how this came about uh, because I don't want to betray any confidence here. But what exactly is a cat filter? I mean, I think I know, but I want to I want to kind of get this clear.
2: I know it's essentially a filter that you just put over your face and it turns your human face into it literally looks like a cat. Like a talking cat. The mouth moves as if you're talking because it, somehow the computer has has it programmed to make it look like facial gestures within the cat face but oh. the lawyer who did this went viral on YouTube and it's hysterical really? because they're talking about serious things and all you see is this talking talking and it's cat, a cat mouth. face
1: Wait, is it like a murder trial <laughs> yeah, i mean let, it's let's just be all, is a disgusting face. murder trial and there's a cat face and everybody's No laughing or what? i don't no, okay I,
2: no, no, no. It's it's basically a Zoom call, and everybody else is normal, so you see them from the torso up, but you you have, like, a split screen. You know how, how Zoom does, like, the boxes, like the Brady Bunch boxes?
1: Well, that's how it's going to so be for us, you... for Rumble. Rumble's going to be the right, same thing.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, but <laughs> one of the boxes has a talking cat in it, if you have that filter on. So, I mean, essentially, you could have a wild disco ball in the background if you wanted to. You could have all kinds of, like, you know, confetti throwing down. You could, you could do anything you want. Well, filters. see, now this is
1: so. this is where my my uh, my creative side would come out, and uh, and speaking of having a filter or not having a filter, I don't have a filter, as you know, uh-huh. as anybody knows who knows me and sure. knows the show. So I, if if like yes. PETA, you know, the people for the ethical. Uh, uh treatment yes. of animals as so called, is having like a big rally or something like that or some kind of event, the whole show's gonna be in mm-hmm. cat face or something. We're gonna pick animals. We're gonna right? do the whole show. So that's <laughs> so that's something I so that's something I would do. Have everybody appear as a different animal. You know, I will p yeah. you know with with my with my uh verbal talent shall we say, I'd probably be like a macaw or something like that. I want to be a I wanna be a hyacinth macaw, you know the big purple ones? With the big black beak. That'd yeah. be me. Yeah. So I'd be, uh-huh. I'd be talking Macaw yeah. face. Well, um, Tara D would be a Yorkie. Actually, Tara does the animal shelter report. I might talk to her about actually doing the report in you know, cat and dog faces one day just for the fun of it. Um, but, yeah. That would be funny. You could but call all that it kind Old Farm. Exactly. We'll have farm music in the background. We'll all talk in. We should talk about farm access. Damn, the grass is up today. It's going to be kind of cool out there. So we're going to get the tractor out early because, you know, it's going to be a little tough today. So we'll get back, get our moonshine, sit back, kick back, and play some. uh, You know, uh, we'll play uh, Sweet Home Alabama for the 15,000th time and uh, sing it again. (laughs) I hope I remember the words this time. Anyway,
2: grab your pitchfork and chip on in. We got lots of manure to shovel. Come on. Damn, exactly. Yeah.
1: So you and I could do the farm report. That's right.
2: We'll do the farm. farm report.
1: But I, I actually I want to get a farm report. No, I'm serious. But I, but uh, you know, and, and here's yeah. the people don't realize this that uh, there's a lot. I'm I'm, very, I'm kind of this sounds arrogant, but I, I am kind of an, animated behind the microphone. What you don't see is is hysterical sometimes. Oh yeah. Because there's a lot yeah. going on. I'm not going to be one of these. In fact, I don't even need a microphone. And this is the beauty of it too. My um, I've done all the Zoom calls I've done of late. Uh, in fact, one time I just forgot to plug it in. Um, but I did a Zoom call with just the microphone and camera for my iMac, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that. So I might get mm-hmm. up, walk around. I might, I might com, you know, talk to you from the back of the computer. I might go to the kitchen and make something and then come back with, like, a smoothie. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you <know, and> <laughs> you, you got to understand this. I don't care. All right? I might have yeah. uh, a friend of mine gave me a couple of stuffed animals just sitting on my guitar amplifier. I might have one on the desk one day. You don't know. Just, yeah. I just have psychic. Yeah. You know, I have a stack of beer cans. Exactly. Even though I don't drink here, I'll find them. You know, just because, just because. <laughs> you know, just and I'll just do things just to see who's watching. You know, it's a, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I love radio. I love the audio. I love the idea of of people listening and having this these voices go right into their brain. But the problem is, people we're in such a video world. People aren't listening. They're not tuning mm-hmm. in their cars. That's, They're not sitting on the computer. Mm-hmm. You know, Even though we give show notes and we break it down and say, look, you don't have to listen to the whole show, You know, just uh, when I'm talking or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> you, know, but right. you know what I mean, right? It, right. It, it's three hours. I can't listen to a three-hour show. Well, I don't listen to a three-hour show either. I do one. I don't listen to it. I don't have three hours to listen to my own show. No, I just take you know, bits and right. pieces because I, I probably have a timeline. That's what, you know. But uh, I, what I'm curious about is how much is going to transfer over. Now, CJ, who does our wellness report, is going to walk me through it later on today. So I'm going to get the whole uh, – I'm Excellent. going to have a procedure to write down. I'm going to know how to do this. It's going to save us a ton of time, and we'll be able to go right to uh, Rumble uh, probably mid-December. The only thing I, I have from BlogTalk, and they haven't gotten back to me, which is a common theme with BlogTalk, um, is I've got to find out how to preserve all five years' worth of shows. That's critical. I don't know if I have right. to download them to a hard drive or if I have to download them individually, in which case I'll be busy for a couple of weeks and <laughs> just download my shows.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: You know, but uh, I'll talk to yeah. them and see if their computer geniuses can do that. I mean, they're my shows. I paid for them. I did them. So, I mean, there's, there's no reason not exactly. to. I don't But I don't think they keep them all after a certain time. And that's what i going got to make sure that, uh, you know, that will keep my membership until I, I have all the shows. Uh, so that's a critical thing. Anyway, what, what do you think? Uh, recommendations, ideas, suggestions, comments? Rumble's going to be fun. Yoga I pants? Think it should I want to see, see you in yoga yeah. pants. I mean, this is going to be great. You'd you're be like totally hot. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
2: I'm not going to be instructing everybody on how to do yoga, so <laughs> no. Typically, typically I am definitely uh, oh, do a fresh out of the the mom role. So oh, no, yeah, do a show you, on my head. Okay, I can go into um, do? gosh, yeah. crow pose. I'm going to crow pose where I'm like balancing my elbows on my knees in like 30 second stances. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd cause be cause fascinating. Because everybody wants to see me upside down.
1: <laughs> well, you do just because it's different.
2: Yeah, and it and it this is how, this is how Bonnie thinks
1: best. So in other words, you're in your right mind yeah. when you're upside down. Yes. That's when she thinks best. The other thing with Bonnie is inverted, so we All invert Bonnie and therefore... All the blood to my head. was <laughs> not well, the blood rushes yeah. to your head? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Mad, apparently. Matching her pinky over pants. I
1: think so.
0: Okay.
2: That's right. <laughs> well, hopefully it will be one of those um, resolutions because I know you've had lots of issues with Blog Talk Radio. So hopefully yep. we will not have the same technical issues with Rumble that we have run into in the past with Blog Talk. So that should be a, a, a godsend th- of a sort.
1: I don't think so because it, well, we're going to go with this uh, company called StreamYard. Uh, and that's what CJ uses. And I've, I've been on her show a couple of times. It's worked, it's worked fine. Um, so if there's any problems, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are other ones out there. But as far as I know, that's, you know I, I have a good place to start from you know, that works, that mm-hmm. I know works. And even if there are better services, we can always switch later. But, um, again, right. if it works, I, I tend to be of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And and I don't know if mm-hmm. we stayed with Blog Talk too long. Um, but the good parts are that I have gotten, you know, I do have a worldwide map. You know, it, it, I am able to broadcast anywhere. Someone like Marco in the Netherlands can just type on the live chat. You know, and so uh, right. and we have a live Skype line coming into the show. Uh, it's going to be a little different in terms of we don't have uh, the ability of everybody. To, well, there will be live chat. But if someone wants to actually, you know, call into the show or appear on the show, we're going to have to arrange pretty much everybody as guests. But I don't get a lot of spontaneous calls because most people are listening to the podcast. So sure. I think that's going to that's gonna work out fine. You yeah. but everybody you will have a little box. Yeah. You know, and we have a bunch of some will have a bunch of little boxes, you know, so uh, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be fun.
2: Yes, it should be fun. I'm anxious to see everybody. I mean, we mm-hmm. I've seen their profile pictures on our group chat and all of that, but it's going to be interesting just to finally see the faces. Uh, I know you get to see everybody in person when you do the the January event down in Florida, and then I wish mm-hmm. I could be there, but I know I'm not going to be able to. But aside I from that, I don't know how many reporters are coming earlier than that on Rumble.
1: We might only get no? that our reporters. Yeah, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. Ah, it, it depends okay. how many can come there. It's, that's why I'm making sure. In fact, uh, uh, Larry Downs Jr., who's doing our social media, I'm going to be doing a big video mm-hmm. with him this afternoon. Uh, hopefully, raise some money, too. Um, but uh, we'll be talking about we'll, – mm-hmm. we'll either actually write a bill or we'll go through the motion, you know, the, pro, the whole process of how to write a bill. And he's got a ton mm-hmm. of people that watch his videos around here. I mean, thousands and thousands yeah. of local people, which is great. So that's going to help out. Uh, well, so Larry's doing that. I got some, well, yeah, go ahead. hmm
2: I was going to say, while you're talking to your social media guru and your specialist on Rumble, if you're at all thinking about animals, I kind of think you should go with an eagle. I mean, if you're going to be running something for freedom, you need to represent the country. So rather than a macaw, I think you should probably go for an eagle.
1: I should be talking eagle?
2: eagle. Hmm. Well, yeah. Maybe it should be a harpy based on my national uh, symbol.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, but everybody uses eagles. (laughs) Yeah, everybody uses eagles. No, no. Rome used eagles
2: for talking animal filters. No, I've never seen a talking eagle. I have to say that.
1: Um, oh, do you think, do you make them, or how do you how do you do this, or does someone have uh, to make them? Uh,
2: well, I mean, that's a good question. You can probably find out how to make them through the the filters that are going to be available on your phone. It's probably an iPhone thing. You can probably search, find an app for a talking eagle filter instead of a cat filter, and you could you could be <laughs> the newest patriotic symbol of. Uh, yeah, I won't hilarity. be doing this.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'll be doing this directly into my computer. I won't, I won't be doing this on. Um, That's true. On my, on the, in fact, I get to yeah. hang up the, the the headset and microphone. In fact, my my headset, the, the the left ear broke. It's kind of funny. Something usually breaks when I'm about to make a change. That's how I know it's time to make a change. So I dropped my headset for the uh-huh. first time in you know five years, right? <laughs> you know, when I was making guitar videos, and the left side uh, is out. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm you know I'm in my right mind, as as, as it were. Uh, that's where the sound's coming in. And wonder if that makes a difference in thought, if you only hear it from one side? Huh. We'll find out. Anyway, no, um, that's,
0: point, that's you know, point being
1: that, uh, you know, generally when something breaks, it's like, okay, make a, that's, that's like God's signal to me. I'm going to break something for you, Greg. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the headset breaks, that means it's time mm-hmm. to go to Rumble and, and not use a headset or a microphone. Right. I might have a microphone just standing there, you, there you know, go. like a it's like a symbol, it's like a symbolic thing, because I got to do something with it now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. it'll mm-hmm. look more efficient. Maybe people think I'm actually talking on it when I'm not. I just won't even plug it in. I'll just let it sit there. See who notices. <laughs> hey, the red lights on your microphone. That's how the top web form. <laughs> What's that now?
2: I said, not until the cobwebs form will they realize that it's not on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, 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 the dust filter isn't getting dustier. You know, huh, it looks pretty good still. Mm-hmm. Now, are you using that? No, I'm just, I just let it sit there on the camera. It's a prop. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. speaking of which, we have now, the only thing I don't know yet, and I'll find out, audio clips, like your theme. Everybody has a theme now. That's mm-hmm. a lot of work making those themes. Mm-hmm. I want to use those again. But then what do I put? Right. Know, do I just uh, sit there and twiddle my thumbs while it's playing? Or, uh, you know, do I, do I do an action radio? You know, I don't know and i got commercials too you have to and, do like a cut
2: uh, yeah no you that's, that's what you'll have to do is like a little like a maybe an animated 15 second thing that goes with it like little cartoon characters like for mine the the sound is very spyish you know dun 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 dun, dun. you need to have like little cartoon characters firing guns at each other or something running around and hiding like spy versus spy you <laughs> <laughs> well, know now,
1: now you're getting complicated <laughs> now, you, now you're making my life uh, you know you're giving me challenges. Yep, yep. I, was like, I got enough challenges. I'm giving
2: you challenges. Uh, I'm busy. No, you need more. You, if you're Great. not growing, you're dying. So you need, <laughs> you need that What do you mean now? if I'm not
1: growing? Right? <laughs> we, we make history literally every not. day on the air. That's, what do you mean we're not growing? Yeah. I mean, everything we do is, you know, no, is
2: growing. But you have to push yourself. You have to push yourself to learn on all things. I'm constantly learning new things within my field of work that I've been at in over 20 years. I'm learning new bookkeeping oh, no. things I'm on the daily.
1: I got 14 reporters yeah. pushing me every yeah. day. I understand. It's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> although
1: although I, apparently on your chat you dedicate to making my life much more interesting, but we'll, we'll let that go for off the air too. Uh, <laughs> see, people don't realize yeah. we're actually kind of a, a close family here at Action Radio. Even though we're around the country, we've never seen each other. It's this uh, this there's, just, there's mm-hmm. a bond. There, there's definitely an action radio bond uh, in common purpose where we can do things you just you literally cannot do anywhere else. You can't say the things we right. say. You can't talk about the things we talk about. You can't uh, get the legislation out there that we're doing. You can't have the ideas. You know, now let me I know we have news issues, but it's something that absolutely staggered me. And this is from Monday show uh, with Dorothy. Uh, Dorothy Dan, does our sex and sensuality report. And she, uh, I say that very calmly. <laughs> this is really funny. She comes after Jonathan. So Jonathan does the legal report, which is mostly politics. And then Dorothy talks about sex. So I call it Sex and Politics Monday. Uh, so that might be a great theme. Mm-hmm. I might have, I have to make little banners, you know, for, for the show. There you go. And I'll, have, I'll have Sex there and Politics Monday. Be like, what are you guys doing? Why are we talk about sex and politics? Like, there's a difference? Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. fine. Anyway, but what she said was, <laughs> exactly. And what she said was, and I didn't know this, apparently there was a NASA study, uh, 2016, 2018, somewhere back there, it's not that long ago, uh, by a guy named Greg Land. I'm wondering if it's like uh, the Land camera, you know, Polaroid, uh, same kind of genius. But what they found is they were testing, uh, they give uh, kids like an IQ, uh, you know, genius test. And they found that 98% of five-year-olds are at the genius level for creativity, imagination, uh, problem solving, things like that. So 98% of five-year-olds are at the genius level. Guess how many are at the genius level by the time they've been through school?
2: Oh, I would guess probably like 8%, if that. Yeah,
1: it's about, it's about two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And we're all here at Action Radio, by the way, all of us who, who kept our rebellion, you know, kept our brains and kept our creativity. <laughs> this is what I keep telling people, think like a five-year-old. And, and, and I find it fascinating because five, five is the year that you start school, generally. And so at five, your conditioning mm-hmm. begins, mm-hmm. your your socialization, as they say, uh, begins and your individuality ends. <laughs> you become part of the factory uh, because schools. And I, I've oh, done. Yeah. Uh, if you want something interesting for your show, uh, I did a seven-part series. Actually, it's one article, but I, I broke it up into seven because it's fourteen thousand words long. A completely new model for education, and it's on my Substack, Um There's a lot in there. It's, I've completely revolutionized the way we teach, and so in oh, yeah, essence. Yeah, well, it was interesting uh, exercise in how to do it, and I took all the ancient uh, systems, you know, the from the, the mm-hmm. Greek, the Roman, uh, the Egyptian, the the, the Middle Eastern, uh, the Catholic, um, you know, and then I went up to the one-room schoolhouse, and then I went to the factory model that came about from Prussia in the 1800s, designed to make people obedient servants and able to work in factories doing mindless assembly line jobs. That's what school does. It takes away all your creativity, all your imagination, and makes you subordinate, mm-hmm. so you subordinate all your humanity so that you can sit on an assembly line and do a boring job. That is the purpose of modern mm-hmm. public education, uh, exactly the same as it was back in 1850 at the start of the Industrial Revolution. Well, things have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to be a little bit more creative, but we're creating idiots. And the problem now is with, uh-huh. with technology and things like that, I think kids are, are, are losing their genius level even sooner. Because when you don't have any restrictions and you don't know what you can't do or you don't know what you can't think, you know, because you you don't have any exposure except from your folks and friends and, you know, and things like that. But uh, school hasn't really started yet. You're still open. And so people come to you. What what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do with my life? I said, what did you want to do when you were five years old? I said, that's what you should do. Oh, well, Mm. you know, because that's before your conditioning. So it's your original self. So I divide everybody into our original selves and our conditioned selves. Uh So your conditioned self is what happens after you turn
2: five. As for my kids, you know, we homeschool my two kids, so I've got six and eight. But if Uh I go back to when they were five, that means that my daughter is like steadfastly; she has not changed her mind. She wants to be a deep sea diver who tags turtles. That's what she's said for the last year, and she will not change her mind. She wants to tag turtles.
1: Why would you want to change her mind? My eight
2: year old. No, I don't. I'm just saying it's it's an interesting career for her to pick. And my eight year old, who for the last couple of years. It's yeah. very specific. That's, that's what makes it so interesting to me is like it is the most specific thing I've ever heard a five-year-old say is that that's what they want to do. And she's even said by the time she's – I think she specifically said it at like 28 years old. When I'm 28 years old, Mom, I'm going to go deep-sea diving and tag turtles. And I'm like, okay, well, you do you, boo-boo. And my son <laughs> for the past couple of years has not changed his mind as well, but he's divided. He's very much divided. He either wants to be a private detective or he wants to be a gemologist. He's very much into gems, digging gem- pyrite, gold, and, well, diamonds, know, and anything else that he can find. He,
1: he could, could do both. both. He, he
2: could be a private investigator of false it. gems.
1: <laughs> no, no, jewel thieves. He could go out to jewel thieves.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he could. He definitely yeah. could. Yeah. So I'm not challenging either one of them. I'm all for you know encouraging them. so, you know, as for my daughter, it's like we're all about informing her about the, the sea life world, you know, anything that's a sea creature. I've never met a girl. Like my daughter, when it comes to this world, I love her with all my heart because she reminds me so much of me. She is absolutely Mm -hmm. fearless and Mm -hmm. she won't take crap from anybody, but she at the same time has a love of animals, unlike typical girls who like dolls and cutesy little things. This girl, she likes bugs. She basically has always been drawn to jellyfish and octopus and and any other ugly sea creature that you would typically think of. (laughs) She's drawn to them like a magnet. And her room is a plethora of every sea creature stuff. down. She's six right now.
1: Do yeah. you want to put her on the show sometime? She loves unicorns. I love
2: oh, I, yeah, I definitely could. I definitely Up could. Up to you. She's, Think she's about got, it because, you know. Yeah. yeah. My son would be the more, um, the more apt to talk. He is, he's definitely got an opinion, and he is literally a 30-year-old in an 8-year-old body. He said to me just a couple of weeks ago, in fact, when we were having our you know, bedtime discussion, he looks me dead in the eye and he goes, Mom. I decided that I'm not going to get married until I'm 30 because I need time to figure out who I am as an adult. (laughs) Y'all hit the floor.
1: How old is he? Eight. eight. Yeah, smart kid. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think. uh... I said, you are wiser than a lot of adults, little boy. Like, you have no, no idea how smart you are.
1: I was far smarter as a child by the time I got to be an adult and I was so conditioned, you know, from a, from a narcissistic abusive family to several different school systems, several different countries. I was, I was a wreck. <laughs> I was an emotional wreck. I was, intellectually, I was very intelligent, but it was an emotional wreck. Uh, and eventually, you know, and what I wanted to do at five years old was be an airline pilot. And I never wavered from that. And it, okay. it, had, it took like seven times, seven different times it was taken away from me by, by parents, by uh, <laughs> marriage. By uh, the airlines all going broke, by my eyesight declining, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the end of my military career, you know, things I had some control over, but for the most part, things I didn't. And it, and it mm-hmm. took from five to four. I I've spent 40 years trying to get this career. And eventually it caused a, a massive depression when I realized it just wasn't going to work. And I was going to have to come back mm-hmm. again in, in a different life and do it over. Uh, this is why I keep talking about jets. And there's a, there's a reason for this, that this is a destiny. Mm-hmm. This is something uh, that uh, my life's not complete until I fly jets really fast upside down, yank the hell out of them, you know, mm-hmm. do big loops and rolls in the sky. That's what I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I always planned on yep. doing. That's what I want to do for a career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I haven't planned on airplane plane in 30 years, but it doesn't matter because when I hop in, it'll be like yesterday. You know, I've always felt it right. home in the air. And so I'm being basically denied, you know, my ability to go home because my, my home is the air. That's that's where I'm home. Uh, and so this, you know, besides being, you know, my, uh, you know, this is plan B uh, is radio. I always want to do this, too. So I want to do radio since high school. I was one of those nerds that actually listened mm-hmm. to talk radio. Twelve years old. That's mm-hmm. unusual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I was and I was that is unusual. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was winning. Well, they weren't, you know, but I mean, in my own wow. mind, I was like, ah, here's what you forgot to ask, you know, dipstick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't square it five, <laughs> twelve. But that was, but yeah. So kids, kids have a real knowledge, and I think that uh, one of the biggest things, most important things, all of us can do, is go back and think like a five-year-old. And it proved it from this NASA study. Now I sent you the article, but I found like six more, uh, and I'm going to spend okay. probably Tuesday. I want to get Brianna on that because she's a teenager, and mm-hmm. so she's kind of like our link, you know, to younger folks, uh, slightly older folks, and so we have all ages. I want to get Tina on the show too again. During uh, standard time, she's in Arizona, uh, and Tina's like mid seventies, and so I want to get them both on the show at the same time. Actually, which <laughs> would be a kick. Uh, but that's you know that's kind of the thing to, uh, but the, the different generations and how the kids are thinking. So you take someone. Have you heard Brianna ever on the show? I have. Any of your reports? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean she's brilliant. You know, if all the if all the teenagers were like her, I wouldn't worry about it anytime. But they're not. Right.
2: Right. No, they're not. They're not at all. She's, she's very strong. Um, she's a good example of a leader. She's everything that Greta Thunberg should have been <laughs> be quite, quite blatant. Right. <laughs>
1: that's, that's funny. You should say that. Cause if you want someone representing, you know, teenagers, uh, Greta Thunberg is probably the worst person to pick. Spoilt little mm-hmm. brat.
2: Mm-hmm. How
1: dare you? Right. Well, how dare you? Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. On, but anyway.
2: Oh, I know. Only
1: for a fact. Yeah. Um, but, uh, spoil little brat, but someone like, uh, Speak far better, far more intelligently,
0: mm-hmm. and could
1: easily do UN speech easily. So,
0: yeah, hoping to get absolutely. Her to, uh,
1: we'll see if she's coming to our, our January seventh thing. Everybody's kind of making fun of it. Oh, it should have been January sixth, Greg. Yeah, it's kind of ironic it's January seventh because that's when my Facebook, uh, my latest Facebook restriction ends. <laughs> Just in time. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we, can you stay past the top of the hour because we've got like the second hour too? Because I've been sort of rambling on, on silly stuff here for a while.
2: Um. I, I can stay for maybe a little bit, but not the whole hour because I've got an appointment I got to get to. Oh,
1: that's fine. Yeah, no problem. I, I just I hate restrictions on time. And in fact, on Rumble, I don't even if, I don't even know if we have a restriction. You know, I could do maybe four or five yeah. hours if I'm having fun. I have no idea. Who knows? We'll find out.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's not the same.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not the same uh, uh, pay per hour kind of thing that um, that Blotch is. So they're in for some big changes. Okay, um, what you got? What's going on? What's on your mind this week? Well,
2: I've got several different things. Um, I didn't know – since you brought it up at the end of the show last week, I like bring this up earlier, and that was the Ohio abortion law, kind of getting mm-hmm. more into the nitty-gritty of that. Is that something that you want to touch on a little bit more? Have you had time to discuss it? Because I didn't well, know how much further you got into it.
1: It's often news um, completely. It's like people forgot it. I, but I'm happy to discuss yeah. it because th- there's some things that people haven't uh, thought about. Like I was the one that pointed out that men uh, benefit tremendously from this, just as I mm-hmm. have pointed out that men benefit tremendously from the Equal Rights Amendment. I'm like, you idiots, don't you realize that that ends selective service? That ends discrimination, you know, in college and mm-hmm. admissions, that mm-hmm. ends child support mandated for only men, you know, or I mean, there's this it right. equalizes this family court, I mean, the Equal Rights Amendment is fabulous for men, but men, you know, a lot of times are idiots. They believe what they're told. You know, like I guess everybody does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the population is, is, you know, sheep. But, uh, but this one, this abortion law, which, and and the very first ends. The very first ends. Everyone. Right. Not every woman. Mm
2: -hmm. Every individual.
1: Every 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 individual. Have you got the line right there? Because I want to see we get the exact. I do.
2: Yes. Every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions. Including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, and abortion.
1: Okay, well, so that not limited to those? So, so child support is a consideration. Uh, whether to be a father or not, that's one's own reproductive mm-hmm. choice. Okay, they're not considering right.
2: that. Right.
1: Right. But it doesn't no, matter and where, what. No, where does that leave it,
2: though? What if What if you have the disagreement between the male and the female? So, who's going to win the argument? If every individual has the right to carry out their own decisions,
0: mm-hmm. if,
2: let, let's say the woman doesn't want to keep the pregnancy and the man does. Who
0: wins?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's where you have because, to separate. Because yeah, that's a good question. I, I
2: was going to say, you know, if the woman is carrying the child, does she take control of the decision because she's the one actually medically carrying the child and therefore overriding the decision of the father?
1: Well, we know we have a bill, uh, our abortion bill, which splits uh, abortion into two events under law. The first one is terminating the pregnancy and the second one is saving the baby and you can't do the first one mm-hmm. uh, Unless you can do the second. So I so the, so the right. ruling if I were in the court if I were the judge i'd say okay, you can terminate the pregnancy. You can give up your parental rights You can choose not to be a mother. That's fine But you you have to carry it because mm-hmm. you're pregnant, you know, uh, and it's not uh, now we're talking about two lives Okay, just as you can't yeah. kill somebody in real life. You can't kill somebody who's in your body either. Uh, and so, therefore, my, my decision if I were judge, would be, okay, fine. As soon as that baby can be saved medically and that age gets younger and younger all the time, then, then mm-hmm. you can have an abortion and we'll save the baby and then uh, the father gets custody, 100%. Right,
2: right. Now, if
1: mm-hmm. the father chooses not to, then we can go to extended family or we can do adoption or we can do whatever all the other means, foster care, which I can't stand. Um, but uh, there's, there's a bunch of other things. you know. And so, mm-hmm. but once you separate... Killing a baby from an abortion. See, that's the problem with abortion. It's the biggest problem. People don't mind women terminating pregnancy. That's, that, you know, that's, that's definitely a choice. What they mind is killing the baby mm-hmm. in the process, that automatic connection. And no, I don't know why no one's ever mm-hmm. thought to break that connection. Why don't you just break that connection? Make it to events. You know, there's, 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 there's right. the horrible lack of, of, you talk about lack of creativity. And this goes back to that NASA study we talked about. You look at all the solutions we come up here. We come up with solutions that no one's ever come up with. And they're not that different. They're not that hard. You know, if the problem is, right. you know, killing babies, then stop killing the babies. Just, right. just terminate the exactly. pregnancy. And people are like, huh? Never mm-hmm. thought of that. Well, that's what we're here. That, that that actually is our job at Action Radio to propose things that no one's ever that's thought called, of. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's called thinking outside the box. That's all it is.
1: Get mm. off the soapbox and start
2: thinking out of it.
1: Mm. You know what I say? When someone says thinking outside the box, mm. and <laughs> you can you can you mm-hmm. can quote me, <laughs> there is no box.
2: No, well that's true. That's yeah. very true.
1: I don't think outside the box. <laughs> I think there is no box. And you say that to people like, "Huh? What do you mean there's no box, man? There's no box." Well, you're outside the box. No, I'm not. I don't have a box.
2: There yeah, is no you're box. Outside
1: the box. You're still in the box. In
2: that.
1: Yeah, you're still controlled by the box if you're outside the box or inside the box, it doesn't matter. There's still a box. Right. It's still right. a framework. I don't operate that's with a true. framework. I'm a free thinker.
2: Yeah, that that's why I said you're you're like the matrix spoon trick. There is no spoon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, definitely. Matrix is one of my favorite films. I love that film. Now later mm-hmm. they got a little silly, mm-hmm. but the original concept of human beings as a battery plugged into a matrix, living mm-hmm. a false
0: life—that's mm-hmm.
1: that's exactly what's going on. I find it fascinating. Wendy was—I right. read that Wendy. She says you don't know how true that is, but apparently this is that uh, movies, are, I don't know, if they're given scripts for what the, the the future planners have in store for us. But so many things, you know, come out that uh, what uh, soil and green <laughs> you know good example uh mm-hmm. star trek you know flip phones from communicators
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know floppy mm-hmm. disks it's like everything on star trek came to pass mm-hmm. for real we don't have phasers mm-hmm. yet but it's only a matter of time
2: yeah the instant um the teleportation where you just turn into particles and then you're instantly in another place
1: yeah that's, that's i'm waiting for that nah, that's not gonna <laughs> we'll get warp drive before we get uh transporters right no, we we'll still that's need shuttlecraft. True. No, there's, you know, yeah, you get no, you can't. No, the the the, <laughs> the the ability to break us down into atoms, transfer us through walls, you know, and re, and mm-hmm. reassemble with absolutely mm-hmm. nothing down there on a planet. Are you kidding? No, nothing. So mm-hmm. shuttlecraft. Yeah, it's gonna be shuttlecraft. No, so. I know. But phasers, we can do phasers. <laughs> we can definitely do phasers. Oh yeah, that's possible.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. That'll work. Then we have to. Then we have to have a concealed carry phaser permit. it will be a CCP <laughs> for a concealed carry phaser. Do you have your CCP? Oh man, your CCP, your concealed carry phaser. Oh, um, gee, I didn't think about that. I, I thought you were talking I, about China. I, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's why. That's why. That's why when I said it, I said, "Oh, this is good. This is a double entendre. Right? Funny. Yeah." <laughs> uh. Do you think people can keep up with us well, on Rumble? I mean, you know, like I said, the, I, the speed at which we talk and the the, the 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 speed at which ideas come out and the speed at which we change topics. Uh-huh. I mean, this is basketball. You might is have to change basketball. your
2: tagline. You so might what? have to change your tagline to like, you know, well, something like we we speak at warp speed or something like that. To, you know, keep up with us because we're warp speed yeah. reporters. Something that acknowledgment so that people know going in that we do. We go down different rabbit holes and we do it quite quickly. And if you can't keep up, we're you're going gonna to get left behind.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Leave no listener behind or viewer behind. Leave <laughs>
2: uh, no, no listener, listener behind.
1: behind. Yeah. We will caught the action radio rumble, you know, for, for our new place. There you go. Welcome <laughs> Yeah. I'll, I'll do like my, my my martial mixed martial arts for us. And now, welcome to the Action Radio Rumble here on Action Radio <laughs> Citizen Legislature. Be like truck pulls. There you go. Okay, fine.
2: There you Back go, buddy. And
1: the grave topic? digger, the
2: grave digger will come. Yeah, sure. I can give you a serious topic. Say well, by the that bell. Serious topic. But we'll... do you know
1: where "say by the bell" came from? Oh. speaking of grave diggers. Have you ever no. heard the story? Where did "say by the bell" come oh. from? Because people were buried, and they weren't quite dead. And they'd wake up underground, and they'd find them, ah. like, years later, clawing at the things. So what yes. they used to do is they'd bury people That's with a true. little bell. And if you yes, uh, if I you pull the string, that. yeah. and uh, So if you pull the string, it means yes. you're still alive. It's like, <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Yes, you are. you I'm not. Nope, I'm dead Nope, yep, you're dead. Nearly your a, a flesh
2: wound. Nearly a flesh wound.
1: That's a different movie. <laughs> That's a different part. Of I that. know, but yeah. I can
2: combine them. I can combine yeah. them.
1: That's true. You can't wear a, This is the ultimate free speech zone. There
2: is no Thanks. box, Greg.
1: Thank you, Bonnie. Corrected <laughs> by the reporter. Okay, oh, Ho- host that's, right. yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, you're right. That's a, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
2: Well, on to that. on to an interesting topic before I because I, I do want to talk a little bit about COVID. But before I get to COVID, I want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the article that you had found about that, the surveillance program. Um, yeah, because
1: I didn't get a chance to read that. it. <laughs> Tell
2: me about that one. Oh, my goodness. So I dug into this last night, and I was – my jaw hit the floor several different times. So mm-hmm. essentially, the secret White House surveillance program is giving cops access to trillions of U.S. phone records. Now, we don't even have trillions in our population. It's trillions because it's the number of phone transactions. Mm-hmm. But U.S. Senator Ron Wyden, if I'm saying that correct, I think it's hysterical because it rhymes with Biden. Well,
1: Ron Wyden – He's a Democrat too, right?
2: Uh, I think he is actually. I think he mm-hmm. is. I could not find where he was. I should have done a little bit more research on where he's, he's from. Northeast. But anyway, he's like he sent a letter. New
1: Jersey, someplace corrupt. Okay, know, from up there.
2: Well, see, that's even better. That's even better. Ron Wyden mm-hmm. runs with Joe Biden, and he's from from the Northeast. He's wicked, mm-hmm. wicked smart. If he's going to do this right, but he sent <laughs> a letter to the DOJ. And, mm-hmm. and I love that somebody's standing up for challenging the legality of this bill because the data analytical services, the DAS, for mm-hmm. more than 10 years has been allowing federal, state, and local levels of law enforcement to basically mine the details of these calls. Now, they're not recordings. It's basically just transactions records so they can pick up your location your name your phone number obviously where you're from and how many times you've contacted different people and this was supposed to be in conjunction with criminals so the whole point of it was when you're doing oh, an is. investigation
1: or oh, terrorism so, yeah it's either criminals or terrorism right
2: exactly right.
1: so we're going to we're going to exactly. search everybody so you just have- in case Right. Yeah,
2: bingo, bingo. It's all the connections to the criminal, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your mother-in-law, your favorite baker or your barber. We're, we're right. all, you're connected. Okay, well, we've got access to your phone records. And that's how they can kind of claim that they're able to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly enough, um, using that what's called chain analysis is, is how they're doing that. It's targeting anybody in that chain. It used to be called, the DAS used to be called Hemisphere. And it was in coordination with AT&T. And we all know AT&T is humongous. Mm-hmm. Um, the White House actually gave them more than $6 million for the program when it was called Hemisphere. And back in 2013 – And where did they get the money
1: for that? Where, where was the account? Where did they get, which, which account know. did they pull it out of?
2: Well, a little bit later on as I was digging through it, they were using the, drug, the, the Office of Drug Control Policy to do that. So they're claiming so basically around. that they're going after criminals.
1: Correct. Right. So Congress, Congress money from the money. Drugs. Right. Let's let's get the mm-hmm. source on this. Let's get the the. I usually like to do the article, the date, and the author of the article, so everybody knows what we're talking about.
2: So the article that you had given, I'm pulling it up here, is from. It's a proxy article. Let's see if I can find so the. So you give the this.
1: the source you have there than the original source.
2: It was November twentieth. It's from Wired.
1: Yeah. So two days ago. W I
2: R E D. Yep. Got another? So essentially, um, I, I believe Del Cameron and okay, Drew Merotra, if I can pronounce that correctly.
1: Mm, sounds Hmm. Um, awesome. Maybe Dru. Hey, Dru. You should yeah. call the show. We we talk about the, the, the surveillance. You know not going about surveillance. To this. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, of Collusion. So I, call are...
2: I call you Bonavitch.
1: I call you Bonavitch from now on. <laughs> Or Bonova, no, the use use Bonova, yeah. the no- mm-hmm. reporter from KGB.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Well, about 10 years ago, this used to be called KEMISPHERE, and the DAS was maintained <laughs> under <laughs> an affiliated program.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: fine. yes. The HIDTA, which stands for High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area, that who was basically monitoring this. And it was funded by the White House's office, as I said, of the National Drug Control Policy. And here's where it got interesting for me. They are actually exempt from legality because of loopholes in the federal privacy law. So it's exempt. This whole organization is exempt from the rules requiring assessments of privacy impacts and exempt from the freedom of information because it was run out of the White House. And the White House is exempt from basically all privacy matters. So they intentionally well, source the this Amendment. out of the White House. They're
1: not, they're not exempt from the no. Fourth Amendment.
2: Correct. So that, and that's so, why that's yeah. why Wyden that's why Ron Wyden is challenging it, saying that this is unconstitutional because there was actually a 2018 ruling that that would be an unconstitutional practice without a warrant to be going in and getting mm-hmm. phone records. Absolutely. And, and they were also they were also given over 280 million dollars in 2020 alone. So in 2020, funny? we had COVID, right?
1: Oh, yeah. There Isn't it go. interesting yeah. that they
2: were given $280 million the same year COVID was put into place?
1: Well, they, the government borrowed $7 trillion. So, you know, I'd love to know where it all mm-hmm. went because it wasn't needed. It was completely right. unnecessary because we had hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. So every dollar that was borrowed mm-hmm. for COVID was, was was not needed. So But it still went somewhere. So this is one of those places that it Correct. went. So COVID was the excuse. You know all the mandates and everything else they did, but yeah, that's a good thing to find out. But uh, this would be it'd be worth tracing, you know, where this money came from, how they did it, and why. They, here's the thing, too. This is more of a general question: Is the government left to their own devices will spend any amount of money, will bend any law, will exempt themselves from any law, they will do whatever they want in terms of invading, you know, our lives, and they don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even one. I mean, right. the Constitution isn't even a consideration for them. It never occurs to them nope. that there are any limits on their power. And that's the most dangerous part right there, that the psychology exactly. of these people is so bad that they can think about, look at the people that are still saying, well, you, you can't say the 2020 election was stolen. You're challenging the results. Well, I'm challenging the whole election, not just the results. And isn't it? don't you also find it fascinating? Right. People say you can't challenge the results of the election. Oh, well, wait a minute. What about the election itself? Yeah. What, what about, about the uh, all the procedures, exactly. what all the voting machines? And here's another one, too. The, uh, Javier Malay. I found out on Steve Bannon's war room yesterday. Argentina was all paper ballots. Hmm. That's how he got, got elected. It's all paper ballots, which proves that if left to freedom, or if people are left on their own to actually have an honest election, they choose freedom. They chose freedom in this country, they chose freedom in Colombia, they chose freedom in Brazil, they chose freedom in France with Marine Le Pen, they actually got Mm -hmm. the person in Italy, the woman uh, Genoa, I've forgotten her name, but uh, when it comes to, and they're going to choose freedom here, again. Right. But, you know, but the government doesn't care, and when the government, the government wants to choose (gasps) the government, the only way we could end up with Joe Biden Mm -hmm. in the White House is if the government chose the government, because the people would never choose him. Right. You know, and right. I've, have you ever asked anybody that? You know, those people that are, that are like, "Oh, Biden won the election." I said, "Really? Do you honestly believe that Joe Biden, in a declining mental state where he's never that good to begin with, and his prime never scored well in any primary, it was like number six usually, right? How he could suddenly beat Donald Trump when he's at his worst, with the worst possible policies for the oh, yeah. country?" And you don't yeah, need evidence. Awesome. You don't. You don't need truckloads of ballots and fraud and things. You don't need it. just simple logic. Prove right. to you know, right. you know, prove to me that that uh, that Biden was so qualified that the people of this country loved him so much that they they outvote Donald Trump, given the fact that we were incredibly happy up until COVID.
2: And exactly. No one
1: can answer that. And we all yeah. mm-hmm.
2: no, and and Trump also won the popular vote as we know because you look at the the numbers and he was absolutely a, a winner in that, and more than any previous election. And yes, that's because there were there's more people it seems in every single election. But why Biden? out of all of the nominees that were there. And, and obviously the same thing similarly happened with Hillary Clinton when Trump beat her. It was the flip-flop of you know, people complaining, not my president, not my president. And now we go around and we say, Biden, not my president. And you're, you're given hate, like total disrespect. Like, oh, sure, to there's
1: you? no consistency. There's no consistency. It's, it's expediency. No. It's what it, I mean, the, the the left will completely reverse their argument if it suits their purpose. Um, It's, it's really quite fascinating how, how this all works. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it's an, it's an amazing process, but anyway, back to the surveillance, they don't care. Yeah. Now, what are they doing with all this information? Uh, does the article go into that?
2: Um, it talks a little bit about, they're not really sure how, how far back it even goes. They know that there's huh. at least six months worth on every single given number, but they don't know what happens to it after that time frame. The huh. numbers that are on the chain, the chain that they are basically the connections of people. They know that there's at least six months worth of data there and then there's no mention given of what happens after that six months. Is it deleted? Is it stored in some kind of hard drive? It does not mention. So huh.
1: can that the police, would be
2: interesting to know how far back they can even go.
1: Can police, you know, dial up my number, for example, and find out everybody I've called in the last six months. Is that how it works?
2: If you're on if you're on the list, yes. Okay. The short answer. Yeah.
1: So in other words, so basically, AT and T has transferred their phone records over to the federal government.
2: Federal, local, and state—all three. They, it's That's not a, just the federal. They've oh, given it, okay, it to so all. Yeah.
1: And how did they think this was even legal? Nobody could defend this as being legal. I mean, it's a complete—you know—if a, if a private company did this, well, of course, a private company is doing it for the government. But if a private mm-hmm. company released all right. that information, that'd be a data breach. That'd be mm-hmm. illegal. You know, same thing, it's like, uh, you know, when the government releases in Florida, releases all our, our private, you know, address, phone number, because we, we registered to vote. I've been trying to get a bill into our state legislators for years now. Say, no, you can't put that stuff on the internet. Right. And if a private company did that, it'd be a data breach.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, it's completely unconstitutional. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see if he has any success in challenging this with the DOJ. But obviously, we know, given well, the current administration, it's the he current he may two.
1: not. He may not because a lot of those folks who were – I think the police used that would have been J6 people. So Bank of America gave over all the J6 records, right, of all the people that Mm -hmm. had credit cards or debit Mm -hmm. cards that spent money during January 6th in Washington, D.C. Well, it wouldn't be hard to then take those people and go to AT&T and get their phone records and find out who they talked to and then get those people in. See, that's the problem. It's it's not just one problem. In conjunction – Yeah, go ahead
2: i was going to say in conjunction with the january 6th thing something that i found interesting recently that i read about the new speaker of the house was that he was well i think it was already released it was something like 40,000 hours of security camera footage were released from january 6th that never before had been released and in the process he came out publicly and made a statement saying anybody who was involved in the january 6th would be like blocked as far as the video footage goes they were going to not show faces because he was not about implicating anyone. And that goes both ways as well. That goes for the ones that were there innocently, not doing any harm, and the Antifa implants that were there. Nobody else is supposed to be implicated in this. It's just supposed to be released footage for the public to get all the more details on January 6th.
1: Yeah, they shouldn't have blocked people out of it. No, because, you know, it's a public place. It was public surveillance. Everybody knows there there was surveillance. Mm -hmm. So no, there's no expectation of privacy. Uh, when you walk into the Capitol. Right. So no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't go. But the problem is so that they can use that to get off Antifa people and all the operatives, uh, Black Lives Matter and everybody else right. and all the mercenaries that were there. But exactly. at Laura Loomer, mm-hmm. uh, not Laura Loomer, uh, who is it? Laura Logan uh, on Twitter has some stuff. Go to Citizen Free Press. The top stories is on Laura Logan's interviews. She's got Jim and all this other stuff. So all the surveillance is coming out. You know, you got the guy wearing the MAGA hat and the mask who has a, flashes a badge as he walks into the Capitol. You got the guy that was arrested mm-hmm. with the zip ties. They take out the zip ties, then he fist bumps the cops. He's like, hey, yeah, thanks, guys, appreciate it. You know, and then he walks off. Right. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's just horrendous things. You got Ray Epps everywhere. Ray Epps is like Waldo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where's where's Ray? <laughs> you know, well, uh, raise mm-hmm. the barricade. Mm-hmm. Raise the next barricade. You know, Ray's saying everybody has to go into the Capitol. Ray's pushing people through the door. <laughs> you know, there's Ray. Right. <laughs> Ray right. Epps is there again. Yep. The, the 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 ubiquitous, ever present. You know, man, man, behind, you know, in front of the scenes, the, the the tall guy, you know, who had nothing to do with it, Mr. Ray Epps. He's everywhere. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. universal man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. Universal. Passing.
2: He's patriot man. <laughs>
1: yep, yep. He's a real American dad. Oh, we got, got Ray Epps on our side. You can, you can do anything you want. You know, you take John Wayne and uh, Ray Epps. They're, they're out there. They're defending America. Damn it. Sure.
2: There you go. That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, on, on to the COVID topic that I wanted to kind of touch base on, there was an article actually a couple of weeks back that I found very interesting that absolutely nobody is talking about. So here's a little bit of not in the oh, news. Oh, I love stories like that.
1: Yeah, here's, here's, and yeah. now, and Nesbitt with not in the news.
2: Exactly. So there are, there's more evidence of the ties between the U.S. government and the Wuhan lab is where this starts, as well as funding dangerous virus across the globe. The NIH under Fauci, under Dr.
1: Dr. Fauci. Fascist. No, no, we call him Uh Dr. Dr. Fascis. We call him Dr. Dr. Fascis.
2: Dr. Yes. Under his leadership, they infected 12 Egyptian fruit bats with WIVI at a lab in Montana back in 2018. So we're talking about five years ago. And 15 minutes away from Camp David in Maryland, there's like this wildlife preserve, which is something I did not know about called the Cattle, if I can say it right, Catoctin or Catoctin Wildlife Preserve. It has a history of animal welfare violations, and it was actually mm-hmm. fined 12000 bucks back in 2012 for poor and dangerous animal housing and inadequate animal care. However, How the records that? show that they – yeah, I know, right? Like it's, it's literally less than 15 minutes from Camp David, and it's a wildlife preserve, but they're being fined for mistreating the animals. Mm-hmm. Back in um, 2023, in April of this past year, there were 241 bats there. 41 of which were Egyptian fruit bats. And hmm,
1: that's, these a lot, Egyptian that's a lot of bats for a Maryland uh, wildlife reserve, Correct. Egypt, don't you think? Yeah.
2: Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, it was a lab. Yep. It was a lab. Yep. And
1: exactly. it was close to Camp David exactly. so that uh, mm-hmm. you know, Obama, uh, or Brandon wouldn't, but Obama could sneak out and you know make sure the operation was going well, So we know. Right. You know, but, right. Uh, so he was on his actually,
2: little trip to Martha's Vineyard getting ready to have you know a fun time swimming and later on kill his chef and then you know go down to the wildlife preserve and infect some bats and just have a great it's a great day in the obama household we're just you know, getting stuff done for the americans
1: so speaking of the chef in fact we had uh, uh jessica rivera looking into that story she first uh, covered it and we actually did cover the story of the the fruit bat lab uh a while back so that it was in the news here I, read, I don't know if anybody else had some other places had it but i, I love stories like that uh, in fact um one of the folks I should, uh, let me see if I can find it here real quickly, does uh, uh, Media Blackout, 10 Stories They Chose Not to Tell You. So if you want to go to the Vigilant Fox, V-I-G-I-L-A-N-T, Vigilant Fox, every week she puts out mm-hmm. uh, the Media Blackout, 10 Stories They Chose Not to Cover. So feel free to, there's, there's, a, there's your instant not in the news source. And so you, might find, you might find some stuff there. But uh, to Perry Campbell, the dead chef yes. who could swim, yes. who was in eight feet mm-hmm. of water. Who probably could have walked out, you know, with a little bit of bounce here and there for her, right. you know, who had a perfectly good flotation device right beside him, who had a friend in the water with him, an undisclosed woman, drowns?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, give
1: me a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure right. he did. What drugs was he on? Probably a curare. Exactly. They probably give him a, a, a nerve, paralyzing toxin. It, 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 would they serve him blowfish for lunch or something? What do you think? <laughs>
2: Well, they obviously served him something to suicide him, because you know that's just mm-hmm. a common trend. So yeah. I could have been a herb. Who knows? Or, yeah. Yeah. or or maybe they just gave him uh, some bad sushi. I don't know. Whatever it was.
1: Maybe they fed him pangolin COVID or or fruit bat. Very <laughs> you well, actually, go. Actually, he's the chef. That's he's what the I'm chef. He would have made it. He, he he would have made it. So they probably snuck in some. Uh, you know, some, some, uh, what were that stuff they, they dip the, 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 the spears in, uh, in Africa, nerve toxin or, or some of the other nasty things out there? Snake venom. We're going to talk about that oh. with Brian artist at 10 Snake o'clock. venom. Yeah. There like, you go. Snake venom. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the Clinton chef also died? Drowning? No. Mm.
2: Uh-uh. Was it Jessica drowning? Reported
1: that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So being a, being a White House chef to a Democrat president is not a good idea. Now, Pianki thinks that no, she was, he, he was stupid, Michelle, but uh, Josie thinks that yes. Michelle's a dude. Yes. So it gets very complicated. Right. Obama's are complex. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, I've heard both. I've heard both. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But there is an interesting thing that I think that you probably have already thought of, and that is when it comes to COVID itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of talking about this with my brother the other day, and he's like, "What if COVID was designed purposefully to infect?" intentionally, all the drug users slash abusers slash elderly people. Now, I already thought it was designed to take care of a specific population of people who would not comply first and foremost, but I never really gave the thought of a drug abuser much credence, but then I no, started the thinking more and more. Well, if you,
1: they want mm-hmm. drug abusers. I mean, drug abusers take drugs. They're more people who abuse drugs. Uh, legal right. drug abusers are, are, are what keep big pharma going.
2: That's what I said. I was like, what, why would you do that? What is the end game in all of this? As we were fleshing this out, I'm like, if you kill all of the drug users and abusers, you're literally killing your clientele by doing <laughs> this. But no, think about this. If they okay. did that and then made the vaccine to pick off any stragglers that never caught COVID, then they could push the government program under a socialist, communist type of government having full control of how to give drugs to people. So you start a whole new population. Nah, they could do that Wipe anyway. the slate clean. Well, they yeah. could. They could, but still you could wipe the slate clean, start over, and basically put government in charge and claim that you're solving things like the opioid epidemic in the process. And have the yeah, big government, government, yeah, government takes people. charge anyway.
1: I mean, you've, you've got a, you've got a fascist coalition of uh, big government uh, health Nazis under Dr. Fascists. You've got big tech, mm-hmm. you know, people who are heavily invested in big pharma, which is heavily invested in. Now I think, I think the, the, the vaccine has always been, first of all, it's never a vaccine. The COVID shot has always been a marketing right. device because the COVID shot gives you COVID, right? right? Just as the flu shot gives mm-hmm. you flu. right? Okay. So these are self-perpetuating right. marketing devices. So if you want to make money, you don't want to kill people. You want to keep as many people alive as possible. But what you want to do is terrorize them. You want to scare the hell out of them. Very true. And so what you mm-hmm. do is you, you, you kill a certain amount of people in the hospitals on the remdesivir ventilator death march, as we used to call it. Brian Artis was one of the mm-hmm. first to uh, um, tell us about that. He'll be on in an hour. Um, but yeah, you know, and so I have a, I've always believed this is a marketing device because I, I knew it was never needed because we had early treatments. I mean, I knew that back in February of 2020 when we first announced that... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, In fact, we had, well, you know the sequence, right? Bill Gertz was on the show. Dr. Peter Pry introduced the, yeah. me to him. So Bill Gertz is on. I still got that mm-hmm. show. This is why I want to preserve all our shows, right? So February 25th, Bill Gertz is on, tells us about the Wuhan lab. He just released it like a few days previously on uh, in the Washington Times. So we were one of the first people to actually cover that. Well, since I'd already covered it, I didn't want to cover it three years later. That made no sense. So we covered Wuhan. Two days later, I wrote a bill for Congress saying they can only spend half their money on uh, uh, the so-called vaccines. Then the other half has to be spent on early treatments. If that were the case, COVID would have been done away within about 10 weeks, which is the normal course of a virus. Uh, you ever see my show? Ever, you know, ever look at the slides that I put on my show? Ever see that CDC panel that shows that uh, COVID was over basically July by 2020? Yes.
2: Yes, I have. Mm-hmm.
1: You can't find that chart anywhere else. I have it on my computer. Because I I screenshot it. But that chart is not available anymore. Why? Because it shows that COVID ended July of 2020. Well, if COVID ended July of 2020, why would you need to bring out a vaccine for COVID in in December of 2020? That's stupid. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because you don't need it. It's Mm -hmm. already done. It's already obsolete. So Trump, if you see that chart, he would have realized. What are you going to say? I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I'm agreeing with you 100%. I was just going to put like an analogy out there. It's it's basically like having a sign up saying that, you know, you're ready to have a garage sale, but you had it a month ago. Like it's already over. You you don't miss yeah, the boat. Exactly.
1: Yeah, garage sale coming in December. You know, yep. cuz we don't have it. Like yep. we sold everything in July. <laughs>
2: yep. <laughs> Yep. It'll be empty it's, content. No, no more used records and books. We're all out. Yeah, but you still don't have to worry. buy something. <laughs> still still to up. Buy,
1: you still have to go to it, right? It's, <laughs> manda- it's mandatory that you go to it. Yep. Yeah,
2: It's mandatory yeah. to attend, even though we have nothing to offer.
1: Uh-huh. And you have to pay us for it, too. So it's mandatory. You have That's to pay right. for it. Otherwise, you lose your job and your house yeah, and your business. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the goods were sold right. in July. Sorry. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> it's
1: it's very money. White it's sale. Very, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, have you heard the January white sale? Have you ever played to that one? Yes, I have. That's why I brought it up. I'll save it for another time, yeah. So we'll, so in January, we'll start that. Well, we should probably do Christmas greetings. Um, let's have a little fun. Have you heard our Christmas greetings?
2: No, I haven't.
1: Okay, let's play that real quickly here. Uh, here we go. Hello, everyone. It's that time of year again. So here is just a friendly little message from your Action Radio Revolutionaries. In preparation for Christmas and New Year's, we have just a few ideas and suggestions to make your holiday complete. Granted, these are times of adversity brought about by bureaucrats in what we affectionately call the leftist lockdown orgasmic power trip. But don't let a completely illegal, martial law-style abdication and removal of your constitutional rights get in the way of a decent glass of eggnog with friends. After all, six-foot social distancing is a completely false concept for a virus that can linger in the air for hours in aerosol form, can be sneezed well over 200 feet, can travel through an entire 10-story building central air system in a couple of minutes, and goes through a mask like a mosquito through a chain-link fence. So, no matter what you do, everyone is getting exposed sometime. Leaving the healthy people alone accomplishes this in about 10 weeks. So, this should have been done the end of May. Speaking of masks, Besides being a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights against seizure of your person, in this case, your face, without due process, the state can't make you wear a mask. So, go home if you're sick, but if not, go free face, as all real Americans are doing, and enjoy the Christmas season. Apparently, there is a deplorable lack of New Year's resolutions this year. Well, I have one, hmm, to resist. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to restore and rejuvenate that inner rugged individual the left has tried so hard to put behind a mask and lockdown, and I'm going to resist. So, you find a creative way to resist, there's your Revolution Resolution. Remember folks, those Twilight Zone episodes where people wore masks? They were supposed to make you think, not make you copy them. Family values should be emphasized this Christmas with the traditions that bind us together. Sit as close as you can at dinner. Remember those wet kisses from Grandma when you were a kid? Engage in spirited debates. Don't forget to use serving dishes where everyone sticks their own personal fork and spoon in, all in the interest of sharing. Remind everyone that closing churches violates the First Amendment, closing businesses without criminal convictions violates our Fifth Amendment right to life, liberty, and property, and closing schools denies our kids their right to an education. So, you may want to point that out to your governors and mayors this festive season so they understand their transgressions and can repent. I would have suggested you go to New York this year, but quite frankly, they don't have the balls to celebrate New Year's. (laughs) No, really, the ball isn't dropping. Maybe we should rename Times Square Tiananmen Square West. Remember that there are many great gifts you can share this Christmas, particularly AR-15s and AK-47s. Those tend to warm the heart. As we say at Action Radio, world peace through strength. Just remember that everything the government tells you is wrong. So if you want to avoid COVID, don't take the vaccine. Go to the beach instead. Get that sunshine and vitamin D. Stay away from home. Engage in commerce and business. Travel as much as you can. Work out at crowded gyms. Drive extensively, preferably with the windows open patronize businesses that are in open rebellion and resist, resist, resist the Dr. Dictatorship. In closing, let me just say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Hanukkah. Muslims, you don't have a holiday at this time, so just go eat Chinese food on Christmas Eve and meet some really nice Jewish folks. Hey, they might be your neighbors. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio. (laughs) Oh, well. I have my moments. So those are my Christmas greetings.
0: Uh, that was funny. from
1: either November or December of 2020. This is right in the first year of all this nonsense, and we pretty oh, much wow. had it all. Yeah. We had it all called. We knew. We knew. That's like my my Joe mm-hmm. Biden's dark winter, where I predicted all the things that would happen if the election were stolen. And they all came true. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, top of the hour, yeah. I don't want to keep you for uh, too long, but uh, I know you have more stories we didn't cover because we were bantering about <laughs> Rumble and everything else.
2: Right. Well, I, I think that we touched a little bit about the helicopter story last week. I was trying to remember how much we got on that, about the refueling this half. Um, well, yeah, I can't not really a lot.
1: I want, to, I want to know more about it because yeah. helicopters don't generally do that.
2: Right. And and I know that they can easily land and refuel on the ground. So. Mm-hmm. The refueling exercise in the air seemed like originally I thought that's very, very odd. And I know you thought the same thing, like, why are they even practicing doing that because Mm -hmm. they can just hover and they can descend slowly no matter what. And I know they were over the Mediterranean uh, body of water and you made the point that but they can still land in water without everyone dying. They could easily you know hover land. Everybody escapes the helicopter should something go wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't find anything that says it was intentionally shot, obviously, because that's not going to be in the news. But I'm interested in your theory.
1: I don't really have one yet. Um, it's just, uh, but I did find an article, let me see if I still have it up here on my, my list of, of many articles, that talked about that they generally don't do this with helicopters. Uh, and they're including Ospreys and helicopters, which are the uh, the tilt rotors. And so let me see. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. So here's safety. Let me just pull up this article real quick. Uh, and this one is in aviation. Good website, right? How safe? How is it mm-hmm. uh, safe for helicopters and Ospreys to refuel in midair? And this is from uh, ten right. minutes ago, so it's a. I don't have an author's name, but it says how do military helicopters like the Blackhawk and the CH-53, as well as the V-22 Osprey, perform midair refueling without their rotor blades <laughs> periodically and accidentally uh, contacting the drogue or fuel hose? In other words, the, the rotors can cut the fuel line. <laughs> okay, that's what you worry about with these right, things, right? Right. And so it says. I mm-hmm. uh, imagine mm-hmm. that the rotor blades did make contact with the fuel hose. Either the fuel would be released uh, and be sparked and ignite. Oh yeah, you put a bunch of uh, fuel over over hot turbine uh, engine going at full bore. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have a fire, massive. Uh-huh. You have a, like a bomb right. explosion, or ingested by the helicopter turbines, or the rotor would break, or all of the above. When a helicopter is refueling, its rotor right. is nearly above the fuel hose. Da, da, da. Anyway, for the Osprey, anyway, it just it doesn't really give a, a good answer. I got a picture here. Of uh, of a blackhawk refueling off a C one thirty. C one thirty is going kind of mm-hmm. slowly because it has to because helicopters don't go that fast. Right. And so it's it's got and they had that they have a really long refueling probe out front that is longer than the helicopter blades. That's how they do it.
0: Mhm.
1: Mhm. You know, otherwise, but it's not a safe thing, and and I wouldn't think it would have to. Helicopters, I mean, they they burn a lot of fuel, but it, you know they don't. It's not like a jet. Well, it is kind of like a jet, it's like a right. Tank. You know, but it's not it's not it doesn't burn like an afterburning uh, fighter jet.
2: Exactly. And they don't nosedive because of the way that the blades are in a helicopter. They could they can easily descend if they need fuel at any point, which is mm-hmm. why I don't even understand why it's a necessary exercise for the military to be performing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it would be a absolute dire situation to have to refuel a helicopter midair.
1: Well, consider they're usually there you know, in the theater, as they say, the theater of operations. There's a love it, you go on tour mm-hmm. when you go into combat, right? And, and you go to a theater who's like George Carlin, <laughs> you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. use of language. Um, but that's but that's very strange that uh, they would have to do that. First of all, helicopters yeah. are either on a carrier and the ship can sail pretty mm-hmm. close. Right. You know, especially the Mediterranean. Right. It's not that big. Right. So how, how I don't think there's a helicopter that couldn't fly, you know, across the width of the Mediterranean. I don't know how many miles it is, but it's not that far you know, several hundred miles, whatever. But the Mediterranean is small. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is they all, Mm -hmm. the Army doesn't refuel their helicopters. They they operate, (laughs) you know, I think we did the entire Vietnam War with helicopters. I don't remember any of them ever refueling. Right. Because they'd have to go that far. Yeah. Well, helicopters are made to go. Yeah. They're made to go right up into the the battle, right up into the action. Yep. They fly in, they fly out. Why would you need to refuel them? So this is very strange to me. Unless you had helicopters coming from a very far away base. Now, bombers refuel because they'll take off in, you know, Indiana and fly to, uh, I don't know, wherever they're flying, Afghanistan. So a lot of them fly Uh ridiculously long missions. They have to refuel. Jet fighters have to refuel because they only have, like, about an hour and a half, two hours worth of fuel. Tops. they're always refueling. But they can go off carriers or land bases, too. If you look at the Gulf War, they were either off carriers, but for the most part, those planes were off land bases and have to refuel. Right. Because they're they're you know forty five minutes they're back <laughs> you know they they take off put it in the afterburner fly over their target bomb it come back and uh, they're done then they're at breakfast. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. So the question yeah, is do...
2: why all all five of them died in this process? Like what was the what was the mishap that actually happened there? And I certainly can't find any details of the last minutes of this helicopter. What occurred mm-hmm. that caused all five of them to die? Was it just because it blew up from the fuel tank being over the turbine? And there was just no time for anybody to escape well I mean it, did it crash it kind of blows my mind did it crash um, I mean, where did
1: it crash in water or on land in water so crash in the water well that means you know if it if it uh, if they did an auto rotation did the engine quit why did it crash did it blow up I mean we don't know I mean so this, let's put this under follow-up so we got we got tofari Campbell Obama's chef and then Clinton's chef that also got killed drowning um, mm-hmm. We've got uh, now. Here's another question too. Remember the F thirty five that crashed in Tennessee? Well Where's the follow up? Not, I'm not, not asking you, but I mean, where's the follow up? Did they ever find it? Right. Where is it now? What was the cause of the crash? Why did the pilot? Don't know. Uh, eject, and the plane flew on for another sixty five some odd miles. Was it in fact right. an F thirty five? Has there ever been a picture of the airplane that crashed?
2: I so there's an investigation. Seen one, but again. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: Wednesday. So these are questions I have. I love <laughs> to look at stories that everybody's let go because they, they broadcast the right. story. They put a bunch of BS out there. Mm-hmm. And then they assume that everybody will just buy it and then, and then forget it, which for the most part people do, but I don't. I've got a really good memory. And so things come back. Right. And so I'm thinking, okay, so let's let's find out about these mysterious crashes. What, you know, and how many of them are actually COVID shots? That's the other question. Mhm. Mm.
2: All right, I'm taking note.
1: Yeah, it's like Brian Sicknick. You know, we did a show on how Brian Sicknick was was the first public victim of the COVID shot. He wasn't killed by a fire extinguisher. We know that. That was the that was the first BS story. Then the coroner comes out and says he died of natural causes. Really, at forty, a healthy uh, police officer. What kind of natural cause? Well, he had two strokes. He had two strokes. How do you get two strokes? Well, blood clots. Well, how do you get blood clots? Well, where do you get blood clots from at 40 years old? The COVID shot. So we, we did a show the saying that Brian Sicknick died of the COVID shot. Yeah, he was the first public victim of the COVID shot. Right. And but that was January 6th, right. right? The vaccines weren't out, but they were for Capitol Hill. Nancy Pelosi made sure that everybody right. on Capitol Hill got their shots mid-December. They got them first. Right. So three weeks later, he's dead of a, a couple of a stroke or two. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Mm, well, that's what you brought up start, with right? Matthew
2: Perry as well. Yeah, because we talked yeah, about I'm him sure a little, that little a COVID bit. Shot. And, and, mm-hmm. Right. And Bob Saget, too. That was another one when he died that was very unusual that I would probably rank right up there with COVID shot being somewhat in conjunction with that. Do you remember that? The whole um, no, tell me about, Bob Saget about the, his death?
1: Uh, what happened with him?
2: Um, he's so he supposedly was in his hotel room after a show where he was completely fine. He was at the show and acting like himself, but then got back to his hotel room later that night and supposedly hit his head and fell, traumatic blunt injury to his head. And even his family members were trying to investigate and say, um, no, I don't think this is right. I, I, I suspect foul play. And they tried investigating it. They couldn't find any foul play. They couldn't find drugs in his system. Um, and he was, gosh, wasn't he like sixty two, sixty one? He was in, he was not that old. Um, and he's so everybody thought it was very strange.
1: <laughs> you know, I
2: mean, no, that's my, that's my point. He wasn't old.
1: Yeah.
2: No, yeah, it's no. not old. There was no reason for it. He, it's not like he was in failing health. So for him to unless... trip and fall and die, uh, mm-hmm. um, right? Unless there was some kind of clot already going on. Yep. So again, I, I would suspect that it would be very similar to the, the Matthew Perry. Um, case which is still undergoing investigation by the way so hopefully we'll have some answers soon oh
1: yeah yeah he drowned obviously in a hot tub? Have- oh come on give me a break yes <clears throat> that's even less yes. plausible yes. than tafari campbell in eight feet of water i can understand eight feet of water uh if you if you've got mm-hmm. uh you know blowfish poison in you but <laughs> in a hot tub how do you right. drown in a hot tub yeah right i mean the, right. The, unless you like lie down in it unless you're doing a yoga position head you know standing on your head how do you drown how do you drown in a hot tub right.
2: well and 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 on these honestly, like all of us know that he had issues with drugs, and so the first assumption that anybody jumps to is that he did something, that he was on something that totally made him out of it. And if that's the case, then yeah, it's very easy to drown because your reflexes aren't gonna, you're gonna be high, you're not gonna recognize the fact that you're inhaling water unless you're with it enough to do so. Um, well, well, but I he know a I always know when a
1: memoir coming water. <laughs> you can't miss when you're inhaling mm-hmm. water, well, you know, because you feel really bad. Right, but you if, if your body, yeah.
2: but if your body's not reacting, if it's reacting very slow, as you know, like they've done studies on drunk drivers, and your reaction times are tremendously slower than normal when it comes to response. Mm-hmm. So it could have been that he was taking in water and just didn't even know really what to do because he was not with it. But I don't think that they're suspecting any drugs in his system. The toxicology reports have yet to come back, but they're not suspecting that he was on anything. So that's where I'm with you in the fact that it could have very easily been a blood clot from a COVID shot that caused him to just suddenly drown like face down. Boom. There you go.
1: See, that would be my first suspicion for anybody that's an entertainer, because there was so much peer pressure to conform. To take the COVID mm-hmm. jab. I don't even want to say vaccine anymore, but mm-hmm. to take the COVID jab. I mean, all the stars were out there. They were, proof, they were virtue signaling, as they say. They were uh, showing themselves getting the jab. Mm-hmm. you know. And of course, Dr. Mm-hmm. Dr. Faschus did that too, but he, I'm, I'm convinced he was getting saline. Right. I guarantee you, there's not a single mm-hmm. drop of COVID shot in his system. Um, in fact, right. it's interesting, that, that, and we mentioned this before, not a single politician has had an adverse uh, vaccine effect. Isn't that interesting? Right. Not a single yeah. government yeah. official right. in Washington not a single government official in Washington is reported to have any adverse effect from the COVID shots. Not one. How is that possible? No,
2: the only adverse effect any of them got was, um, well, they still got COVID, but it would have been much worse if you hadn't gotten a COVID shot.
1: Are you going to bring up my Dr. Fascist voice? Yeah, yeah. Like I told you, you know, you're going to wear a mask and you're going to get the COVID shot. I don't, but you do because we're going to market this thing. And the way we market it is we scare the hell out of you. And then we make sure that uh, just enough people die to scare the rest of you until you get the COVID shot. And what you do when you get the COVID shot is it gives you COVID. That's how we do it. Like it's a marketing thing, okay? And then, of course, it helps me get rich. And that's the whole purpose of this thing. Anyway, I can't do that for long. I get disgusted myself. (laughs) pretty it close pretty though. That's, to not, look that's in the that's, mirror afterwards that's pretty close you know that's that's, that's Dr. Fascist.
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, i have to I have, have a dr
1: Fascist filter and i'll start talking like him on the show yeah no there Dr. fascist. is out here shaking over i can actually be other people
2: wow you could you could i, I, could, I could do the show with know, jimmy Stewart. A, what you could also grab a pay and, and get a fake pan, and you could come out with no collusion and be trump i would love it
1: i've never tried doing trump trump would be interesting you know certain oh, you two, as to say like bill clinton it. i find very it very hard to do uh to work on it though mm. yeah some people come naturally dr Fashion is easy
2: i did not inhale <laughs> you
1: sound like nigel farage you sound british uh i didn't you know like a courtney i didn't inhale okay fine
2: Yeah, i was on the east side of london but i didn't inhale no. i didn't know i was all british i thought i was doing in arkansas governor
1: Governor? No, no, you're you, 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 you. went back to your colonial days. <laughs> you immediately reverted. <were> <laughs> oh
2: well, I, I'm yeah. I am female, so I can't do a very good Clinton. It's <laughs> okay.
1: Well, he he does a lot of females, but that's another story.
2: Oh geez. <laughs> Where is
1: he now, anyway? Is he still alive? Does, does he have like diseases and things? I mean, what you know? I Man, I, I don't wish him Clinton? any harm. Right? I just just make that clear. But yeah, I haven't seen him publicly for a while, and apparently he looks terrible.
2: The last I saw, he was very thin. He looked very frail, Hmm. and he was trailing the coattails of Hillary in her campaigning. I haven't seen much of him since.
1: Hmm. Do you find that interesting?
2: Well, um, I find it interesting in as much as the fact that I believe Hillary has always held the whip. So basically she's whipped him into submission, and he's just doing as he's told and you know, I don't. I don't think it's that odd. I, I do believe that she holds the, the firm pants in that family.
1: She doesn't need him anymore.
2: No, she hasn't needed him for a long time. She's got everything right where she wants it. She's the one probably behind all the suiciding.
1: Well, I'm sure she is. But you know, she's been in mm-hmm. in my uh, my in my psychopath, um, mm-hmm. you know, group. So there's several people, yep. Washington, that I think, are true psychopaths. Hillary Clinton. I and mean, I define psychopaths right. as people that can lie and murder and do anything with absolutely no conscience. Doesn't doesn't right. phase them in the slightest. Okay, so she could easily kill, have sixty people killed, you know, if they got in her way. Yep. And not she wouldn't lose a, a wink of sleep, wouldn't bother her in the slightest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Alejandro no. Mayorkas. She proved that. Is, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Well, she killed uh, Muammar Gaddafi and said, "Hey, you know, we came, we conquered. He died." <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So she's, she's a true psychopath. Um, Mayorkas is another mm-hmm. true psychopath. You know, they put, Congress puts videos mm-hmm. right behind him, you know, or right behind them of the border being completely open, right. millions of people crossing it. And he'll look at them and say, well, the border is secure. Right. Well, we're just trying to facilitate yeah. the, uh, yeah. the orderly transition to citizenship. That's our job.
2: That's a psychopath. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, he's Go a ahead.
2: Jedi mind trick um, failure, essentially. Yeah. Nothing to see here
1: this isn't the border you're looking for. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. the aliens.
1: Yeah, Yoda. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep. the
2: Yeah.
1: These aren't the droids you're looking for. Yeah. This will be my Alec Guinness. Exactly. Anyway, but yeah. And the third one is, of course, yeah. Dr. Fascist. Dr. Fascist is yes, an absolute absolutely. psychopath.
0: Psychopath. No
1: conscience. Mm-hmm. Killed a million people just so he could get rich off uh, yep. marketing his uh, COVID jabs. Mm-hmm. Anybody else in the club? Right. Who else are you in the psychopath club? Obama. Uh, I would, Let's put Obama. Uh,
2: uh, Obama, yes, but I think I would also put Pelosi in there. I really do. Mm. Just for the simple fact that she, she literally does not care. Do you remember during COVID when they interviewed her, like it was a, a special interview of what Pelosi's life is like behind the scenes, and people literally can't even go to the store because we're ordered not to leave our homes, and they're opening up her freezer, and she's got, like, 52,000 pints of Jenny's ice cream, which had to be (laughs) specially shipped in because Jenny's ice cream is made in Ohio. I've been Hmm. there. I've had it. It's delicious ice cream. It's a specialty company in Ohio. So I have access to it being in Indiana. They do ship some of it in. But she lives in California. So they had to literally ship it in dry ice to her at an exorbitant taxpayer price probably of like $25 a pint. And she's opening up her, her freezer, proudly displaying all of her Jenny's ice cream cartons, not giving a flippant care to the rest of the nation. It's just like the old saying, which I know she never actually said the words, but let them all eat cake. It's right flying in the face of all of the Americans. She did not care. And then with the whole husband issue of somebody showing up at the door and then the police come and they're asking him what's going on with the whole hammer ordeal. And, oh, no, I don't know who he was. He just came into my home, but don't hurt him. You know she knew all of that, and she wouldn't come out with any of it. She had insider trading going on for years. I would definitely put her in the psychopath category.
1: She has no conscience. Mm, I want to rethink that too. I want to think Obama too, because I, I do uh, a true psychopath. Now they, these people might be dangerous. They might be mentally unstable. They might be, uh, you know, uh, megalomaniacs in terms of ego. I think I would put uh, Obama and, and Pelosi in the megalomaniac category. That they are so convinced of their own self-righteousness and importance <laughs> that they can do anything. Oh, but a true yeah. psychopath has no conscience. I talking about people with no conscience. See, Obama can be embarrassed. And if you can be embarrassed, then you've got a bit of conscience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can still be a megalomaniac. She was not even
2: embarrassed. Still... But Yeah, but she wasn't embarrassed or apologetic when she tore up Trump's State of the Nation speech. She's the only person in history to stand behind a president and rip up his speech on live TV. Didn't care. Well, that's just arrogant.
1: Unapologetically. Mm, well, See, I don't think it may, uh, I disagree with you there. I don't think it makes her a psychopath. So let's have let's let's look at two or, two organizations. There's the megalomaniac, egotistical club, and that's that's where I put. Now you can just, you know you're free to move people around. This is just kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But that's I would mm-hmm. put uh, Obama and Pelosi in the megalomaniac circle. I would put Hillary, Mayorkas, and Dr. Fascist in the the true psychopath circle because they don't care. Mm-hmm. Not one bit.
2: Yeah.
1: Not even a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Which would be grounds for kicking well, out of government, one would think. You know who else is in that group? Um, Merrick Garland and possibly Chris Ray. Merrick Garland. We're not going after Mer- Catholics Merrick Garland, or for sure. parents. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So the best thing that uh, yeah. what's-his-name ever did, um, the turtle Mitch McConnell ever did, was keep Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. That was a good move. Thanks, mm-hmm. Mitch. Now go mm-hmm. retire. <laughs> well, right. uh, what, about, what about you Comey? What? Comey, well, I, I do, don't know that I much about him. I don't know that much about him. Um, so he's oh. kind of a mystery, but since he's not there. Well, the, the biggest thing is, is how many people is Trump going to replace when he comes back? He's talking about getting rid of 50 yeah. million illegals. Um, he's missing two components. I talked to Christina Bob about this. I said, look, you've got to, you've got to correct your citizenship on the way out. Yeah, and so you've got to go back at least mm-hmm. a generation. So anybody that was born here right. uh, to non-U.S. parents, you know, and anybody they gave birth to, you know, in, in the last 20 years, so we have to go back to 2000. Start fresh at 2000. Anybody that got citizenship uh, just by being on U.S. dirt has to have that corrected to their parents' citizenship. You can't go back 50 years. It's too late. Right. Uh, but I think we can easily right. go back 20 because that's only one generation. And so we go back to, 20, exactly. to 2000, make that, make that zero year, and then say, okay, you know, and, and then what you have to do is also seize all their assets. So that people know that if you come to the United Mm -hmm. States illegally, regardless of what the administration says you can do, we're going to take all your stuff once Mm -hmm. it gets corrected. So people need to know that. That example needs to be very clear just in case Democrats get power again, which they probably will, because they'll steal it from the geldings. Anyway, I know you have to go. So uh, thought for the week? Thought for Thanksgiving? Thought for uh, anything at all? Rumble?
0: Mm. Action Radio is going to rumble soon. Yeah.
2: Sorry. I'm excited. I'm excited for the rumble. Yes. And as for now, it's it's uh, focusing thoughts on having tryptophan from the turkey and sweet pumpkin pie. So that's where my brain's at. For you sure. Go.
1: What's tryptophan?
2: Oh, well, you know what? Actually, it's a misnomer because the tryptophan in turkey is actually less than what's in chicken. <laughs> Sadly. We can't blame the turkey for making us tired. It actually comes from the combination of all the carbs that we eat along with the bird. We stuff ourselves. That's really why we end up getting sleepy. So the whole trip to fan Yeah, it's thing not trip to
1: fan. It's just food. I mean, I get sleepy after lunch. Every, I, this is why I don't work in offices. Every time I worked in an office, yep. or all through school, I never schedule classes after lunch mm-hmm. in college because I knew I'd be asleep. Exactly. I would sack out for an hour exactly. and then I go to class. Or I take all morning classes. Right. So by the time lunch came around, I was mm-hmm. done with classes. Because I couldn't function, so I would take like right. eight, nine, ten, eleven. I you know I take early morning classes, and I'd be done by like lunchtime, lun- or yep. whatever it was a lunch yep. around two, whatever. You know, so that's it. Because after lunch I'm useless. This is why like, right now I take a siesta. You know, after the show, why? Because I'm useless. I've been up since yep. four in the morning. You know, I'm wide awake now. Right, right. But come noon after mm-hmm. I have dinner, I'm I'm tired. tired. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. All right, darling. Time to go to sleep. Let's All get right. You out of here. We will see, see you uh, next Wednesday. week. Mhm. That's right. Have a right. good one.
1: Have fun. Oh, any quotes? Oh, like uh, mm-hmm. don't forget the the bonny, bunny appetite. Yeah. All that good stuff.
2: Absolutely. Go yes. Yeah, so well, I mean, there's never been a better time of year if you're looking for Thanksgiving than like when it comes to recipes than looking at my cookbooks. I've got whole Thanksgiving meal menus in my books. That's the the whole shtick of my cookbooks. Is they're not your typical cookbook. They're menus. Every single page. So. You can check me out at Amazon.com. Find me under Bonnie Appetite. I also have my website, www.bonnie-appetite.com. And you can hear me on Saturdays on WFRN.com from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be doing a special Small Business Saturday celebration this Saturday. So tune in and be encouraged.
1: Exactly. Fern Radio. I'll oh, Fern all the time. WFRN. Fern Radio. Yep. Anyway, John uh, just sent me the uh, the psychopathy definition So from, I guess, American psychiatric folks. It says, psychopathy is characterized by a lack of empathy. No kidding. Arrogance, uh-huh. charisma, mm-hmm. excessive mm-hmm. vanity, lack of guilt, difficulty processing other people's facial expressions, goal-oriented behavior, <laughs> insensitivity to punishment. And then it says... Uh, uh, fits all of them, yeah. So, so he agrees. Anyway, so I just want to give that to, to you yeah, before you yeah. go. So, yeah, we should uh, we should expand our our psychopathy club. You we know, should government psychopaths. Yeah, yes, yeah. We'll, we'll make should. it a regular feature. We'll and Now the government a, psychopath report. We'll come
2: up with a come up with a special laminated card that they can all have. I am a Oh, I I'll need a video. I'll need a I need a visual. Card carrying member. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Visual. Yes, absolutely. Here's the yeah. list, the laminated list, and it keeps growing.
1: I have to make graphics. I'll have to make graphics for me or something. I'll talk to Wendy. All right, darling, get out of here. There you go. <laughs> go do stuff. All right.
2: All right, talk to you later. Uh-huh. Bye. Okay.
1: Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash action. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page, available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S WriteYourLaws.com This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpengliss.substack.com Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive, is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Okay, we're back. i got about half an hour before Brian Artis gets here, and I was furiously going over text. Apparently, I announced it this morning. And I, people don't realize this, but uh, the shows really are. I mean, I book guests days in advance, sometimes weeks in advance, sometimes months in advance, and I don't really think about a show until the day before because there's so much that goes into every show. You know, it, it, until you do it, you, until you do a three-hour show five days a week, you don't really realize the amount of prep time and, and, and things that, uh, that you know, and the whole idea is to try and make it look easy. So that's if, I, if it looks easy, then I'm doing my job, but uh, the point is there's, a, there's this enormous you know, brain absorption that goes on. It starts at the end of a show. And I do, I do what I call a brain dump. So at the end of a show, I basically forget everything, including my own name. I mean, everything just goes. I just totally let everything go. Just, just imagine a giant, you know, toilet going, you know, just, and it's all gone. And so everything out of your head just gets, gets dumped away. Then I start over it, and I start learning for the next day's show. And so I start reading articles. And this is why I can bring up things and, you know, memory stuff. And it, it looks really spontaneous. But, um, and a lot of it is actually, but a lot of it's also, you know, just kind of the, the, the spontaneous way this all works. I mean, the, the, you know, so, the, so it, it's, I don't know, it's a combination. It's like constant research, but it, it's fascinating. Anyway, Brian Artis is on today. Brian is a world-renowned, world-known, you know, COVID doc. He's the one that first alerted us to rendesivir and, and the, the snake oil, uh, snake venom and some of the other things going on. And so everybody's texting. I, I told a couple of friends of mine. Uh, and of course, they're all texting and things that I'm here asking this, asking this. <laughs> all these questions, and people like like Doctor Judy Mikeovitz, so I told because we're friends, um, and some other folks. You know, they're like, uh, um, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, do this. I'm like, okay, fine. And I, and I was worried about what am I going to ask Brian? Now I've got like <laughs> I got it for about three hours worth of shows, but uh, hopefully he'll be on more when we get to Rumble. Uh, that's going. I think Rumble is going to be fabulous. Uh, and John, I know you're listening on the line too, so if you want to call in, in for this half hour, feel free. Uh, in the meantime. Uh, I've got something that I've been meaning to get to for a long time. And I was torn between um, leaving the Republican Party and going independent or just keeping my registration for the sole purpose uh, of being able to vote in the primaries. And the only reason, I, I'm still wavering on that, because I really want to leave the Republican Party, but I really want to vote for Trump in the primary. Not that he needs it, but it's just the more votes, you know, the more support, the more show of support, um, the, the, the better I think it's going to be. And so besides, you know, it's my vote, you know, so I'm still torn between that. But uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, this is in a J.D. Rucker, one of my favorite authors, uh, November 8th. So this is a couple weeks old is how long I've had this lying around. America First Report Uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene sums up Republicans perfectly. And there's a reason I call them the gelding old party. And so uh, let me just uh, check one thing here. Okay, good. All right. Yep. There we go. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be careful with the, the The mute button and the end, the call button are right next to each other, which is kind of stupid. <laughs> so I'd make sure that. Uh... <sighs> anyway, okay, we're all right. So here, get your articles. So uh, it'd be funny when I do this with a Zoom thing, with uh, the Rumble. I start moving articles around. I don't know how I'm gonna read articles on the air. That's gonna be interesting. Well, we'll figure it out. Like we do everything else, we just figure it out. So November eighth, J D Rucker, Marjorie Taylor Greene writes epic rant revealing the real reason Republicans keep losing elections well, we know why they keep losing elections because they don't stand by the principles that the base wants them to stand by. They say one thing and they do nothing on the other. they the do-nothing party. He says, I don't always agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene, especially when she embraced Kevin McCarthy's speakership. Yeah, that was a mistake. But when she's right on an issue, she's very right. He says, if a professional conservative author had written the piece below, it would have been accepted as a strong rebuke against the feckless Republican Party. I love the word feckless. I'm going to do a, one of my comedy pieces on that. Have you lost your feck? Are you feckless? You need to come to the Action Radio Department of Feck Restoration. Here we can restore your feck. You know, we have a whole department of fecking. You know, so, so if you ask for action, you call Action Radio ask for the fecking department. And they might say, what fecking department? Anyway, it's going to be one of those things. It's, it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, it, just because the word feckless just amuses me, I'm going to have some fun with that. All right, anyway. Repo- back, excuse me. Back to the article. Republican Party Uh, that that continues to play pussyfoot. There we go. I thought you just continued to pussyfoot. I didn't know play pussyfoot was a thing. Anyway, that's one of those expressions you don't hear very often, which is kind of interesting. So they continue to play pussyfoot while Democrats go for the jugular on every issue, which is very true. But this wasn't written by a professional author, as far as we know. It was written by Marjorie Taylor Greene, a congresswoman known for her passion. That passion made many appearances in her rant, which was nearly 1,000 words long. Well, that's not so bad. My articles are 1,500 to 2,000 words long. That's why, that's why I don't write as many sub-stacks. I put out one every couple of weeks. There's a reason. It's because they're long. I actually take time and you know, research and write them and try and do a good job. Anyway, that's, uh, anyway. Maybe I should write short 500-word articles and just BS my way through like everybody else seems to do. Anyway, except this one. He says, and while her perspectives may irk some conservatives, it'll definitely offend rhinos and members on both sides of the uniparty swamp. Okay, see, I don't use the word rhino. You guys all know I use the the term transgender Democrat when talking about Republicans, you know, in name only. Yeah. So let me brighten the screen a little bit. And here's what Marjorie Taylor Greene said. He, she said, Republicans did not lose because of abortion itself. It's how the party handles the issue or rather does not handle the issue. And there are bigger growing problems. And this is this part. uh, Anyway, so he kind of leaps right into a Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, rant on why Republicans lose elections. And it wasn't just the abortion issue. And then she says Republicans are losing Republican voters because the base is fed up with weak Republicans who never do anything to actually stop the communist Democrats. How many times have we said that on the show? How many times have we said, we said that forever on this show, that the Republicans are the do-nothing party, that we're surrounded by do-nothings? In fact, I even made a know, play my, my, my Biden, you know, my Biden's Dark Winter piece. It's only 45 seconds. But it really didn't. I, I made this before the 2020 election. And I'm thinking to myself, this will never happen. The Republicans, I mean, they're bad, but they're not that bad. You know, I said, Democrats can steal the election, but they can't steal the whole election. Well, I was wrong on that one. Anyway, so I made this. This is my prediction before the 2020 election, and it, it describes Republicans perfectly. Here we go. Joe Biden's dark winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Hmm. And did people? Well, the Republicans didn't. You know, and I'm going to bring this up with uh, Brian Artis in the next uh, the next hour. That uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, my congressman, and Dr. Robert Malone, you know, the inventor of the mRNA, the messenger RNA uh, COVID shot, or actually the mRNA shot. Um, all said, wow, we need uh, vaccine product liability. <gasps> oh, no, if we had vaccine product liability, maybe we could do something about this. And thinking, you hypocrites, all of you hypocrites, Gates has had the bill over two years. Robert Malone was on the show about eight months ago. He has the bill. I read it to him over the year, sent it to him. Pretty sure I sent it to him. Well, let me just go with, uh, just to be accurate, that um, I know he, I talked about it with him on the air. Um, and who is the other person? Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene? I didn't send it to her specifically, but I told her about it when I met her in person, when she was at a Matt Gaetz rally. Every one of these people, especially Matt Gaetz, who's had the bill over two years, could have filed it any time. Even if he knew it wouldn't pass, he still should have filed it. Hasn't done a word. Hasn't said a word. Hasn't even acknowledged publicly that I sent it to her. I'm sure I'm not the only one. you know. And, uh, and Dr. Judy Mikavis, you know, God bless her. She goes around the country talking about that vaccine bill every chance she gets. Has anybody else picked up on it? Have any of the do-nothing podcasters, you know, all the folks out there like Del Bigtree and, uh, you know, Stu Peters and, uh, you know, Alex Jones, and I could just, I could go through the list. I could go through the list of big pundits, you know, Gateway Pundit, for example. Have they written about it? No. Have any of the big media outlets? No. Has Steve Bannon picked it up? No. But they all complain about vaccine product liability, and yet not one of them, not one of them has picked up our bill and run with it. So you tell me, are they part of the solution or part of the problem? I say they're part of the problem. I have some news for Brian. It's going to shock him when I uh, tell him. Sorry, I've been kind of holding back for a friend of mine. Anyway, that friend is no longer with us, so I I don't uh, feel the same, you know, restraint to uh, something now. Well, you'll see when I tell the story. Back to the article. Marjorie Taylor Greene says our voters are not inspired to vote for a party that wants to play nice and refuses to hold accountable communists who locked everyone down during the scandemic, that's an interesting word, violated the free speech and censored uh, us on social media, steals elections, weaponizes the government against us, its political enemies, and is persecuting people, rips our border open to the entire world and floods our country with millions of unknown people and terrorists, funds every foreign war, but refuses to defend our own border, and sexually grooms our children to the point where they are cutting off their own body parts to, quote, change their gender before they are even finished growing up. She's absolutely right. She says the Democrats have turned so far left, they are communists using Marxism to destroy everything good while they enslave America in crushing debt that is driving inflation that is financially ruining Americans as they can't make ends meet and drown in credit card debt. Well, gee, folks, isn't it now about six months since we released our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money that would solve all those problems, all those financial problems? debt, you know, enslaving America, the crushing credit card debt, because Americans, the, power, the, the the value of our money would go up, the prices would go down, that inflation would be reversed, we'd have deflation. All those things are possible with that constitutional amendment. He even gave it to Matt Gates in front of a rally several months ago in Jay, Florida. You know what he said? He said, Greg never lets realism get in the way of a good idea. So he says it's a good idea, but it's not realistic. Well, you can't have it both ways. It's either not a good idea, or it's not realistic. But if it's a good idea, then why why isn't it realistic? You have to make it realistic. In other words, what he said was that Congress is going to refuse to pass good ideas. Well, that's kind of an indictment of Congress, don't you think? But is he going to change that? No, he's not. Back to the article. (laughs) People are losing hope and can't see a way out and think it's all going to get worse. Very true. Why do you think I created Action Radio? To turn this around. To write the laws to take away the power of these people. To give us the power over government. To give us the freedom. To give us the choice to live our lives as we choose. Greatest freedom for the, and the greatest prosperity for the greatest number. That's my goal. And that, that's worldwide. That's not just here. That's worldwide. That's why I'm moving to Rumble. We need a lot more visibility. When this thing breaks open worldwide, it's going to be really big. Hang on, folks. Article says, strongly worded letters and tough-talking media hits will not stop the overgrown and out-of-control Democrat-run tyrannical government. Haven't I been saying that? <laughs> For how long? In fact, we're gonna, uh, one of the things I want to do is a friend of mine, we're going to start a new action radio group. It's called the Do Something Club. It's about people that are actually doing something. You know, We're doing something. We're actually writing the legislation that fixes the problem, and we're trying to advocate it. Uh, Citizen Legislation Day is doing something. You know Judy Mikovits out there writing a book, Pandemic, talking about how this is all planned, advocating on legislation, doing other things. She's doing something. Most of these people are just talking. They'd rather talk about the problem, make money from it, get their sponsors, than they would actually. Uh, it's like complaining is you know, a growth industry. I mean that's a huge problem. If complaining is a growth industry, we've got a problem. They're making money off complaining, not off solutions. So we need to find we need to find a way to make solutions more profitable than complaining. Then this nonsense might stop. All these events out there, Clay Clark's Reawaken America Tour. Okay, so once you reawaken America, what do you do with it? Do you do anything? Or you just go to the next town and make more speeches? We're going to take our country back. Really? And then what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. See, that's the problem. We already know. At Action Radio, we know. Pass the legislation that gives the greatest freedom and the greatest prosperity to the greatest number. That's what it's all about worldwide now the congress doesn't pass legislation worldwide but other people in, in other countries marco in the netherlands for example he can do it he can introduce our bills to his friends and family and other folks and send it to politicians and uh you know my uh, uh my person i want to interview most from the uh, netherlands you know eva van Dinglebrug, the most beautiful woman on the planet today love to get her on the show of course actually that'll help when we get video so <laughs> you can see what i'm talking about right see if i if i call her the most beautiful woman in the world and you don't see her, then how are you going to know, right? But once, once we get on Rumble and everybody's on video, you'll see what I mean. God, it was gorgeous. Anyway, she also has a degree in legal philosophy. And I have no idea what that is, but I'm really curious to find out. Okay, so the Republicans are content to write letters. Isn't that interesting? You've heard it too. I wrote a strongly worded letter to the Department of Justice. What happened? Nothing. Oh, so why'd you write the letter? Did you know before you wrote the letter, nothing would happen? Well, yes, I did. Why'd you write the letter? So that it looked good. Okay, fine. Sodium pentothal, folks, truth serum. <laughs> so we should have the sodium pentothal report. <laughs> Give a little truth serum uh, to, to Congress when they speak. Marjorie Taylor Greene says the Republican Party is tone deaf and weak. They think I don't fit in in Washington when in reality I very accurately represent how the Republican voting base feels, and Washington Republicans do not. She's absolutely right. She says, Republican voters are energized and cannot wait to vote for President Trump. That's true, because he is addressing almost every issue I just named, and they trust him to fix these insane problems uh, we have, and the American people believe he is the only one that will actually do it. Well, quite honestly, Trump would be better served by adopting our legislation. You know, we've got a bill that uh, would end uh, these uh, prosecutory or these, these, these victimizing investigations because people would have the money uh, to pay for, they wouldn't need a legal defense fund. We've got a bill that equalizes the power of the person being investigated to the power of the government because the government has to give them the same amount of money they're spending investigating them. It's called just equity payment. People being investigated can then apply for uh, and demand and get compliance costs. You know, consultants, lawyers, duplicating fees, paper, transportation, you know, going, you know travel, all that kind of stuff would be reimbursed. Under this plan. So it wouldn't cost somebody being accused of a crime by the federal government. Well, until you're convicted, that's different. But up until conviction, yeah, you're still innocent, right? So why should you be a victim of an investigation if you're innocent until proven guilty? So until you're proven guilty, it shouldn't cost you anything to be investigated and to defend yourself. That's the whole point of that bill. You know where that's gone in the Republican Party? Nowhere. There's a problem. We have the solutions. But the biggest problem we have is not coming up with solutions. We've got the solutions. The biggest problem we have is getting people to act on our solutions that should act on it because it's exactly what they're calling for. And yet they don't. There's a disconnect. I don't know why. let will talk to Brian about that later, too. Article says every poll shows it to the dismay of Trump hating establishment Republicans and Trump deranged Democrats who are both united in their quest to stop Trump, but more accurately stop the people. In other, words, so in other words, that's the, the, from that line before, the, the, the polls show that Trump is wildly popular, which he is. Then it says, just wait until the Republican Party finds out how bad turnout will be once the days of Trump rallies and the Trump and Trump on the ticket are finally gone. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's when I leave the Republican Party, because <laughs> you know, there's no reason to be a part of a bunch of geldings. I'll be independent. And here's something else, too, that people don't realize. When you hear the term independent, most people think of independence as centrist between the Democrats on the left and the Republicans on the right. Well, that's not the, that's not the entire scope of political thought, okay? The Democrats being socialists and the Republicans being socialists a little bit less is a very narrow band on the left of political thought. Not far over from the Democrats, you've got the actual Marxist, fascist, Nazis, communists, the ones that kill hundreds of millions of people. Not that far over from where the Democrats are now. The Republicans are a little further over. But basically, you've got, you've got two leftist parties with varying degrees of leftness. That is not the entire range of, of, of politics on the political spectrum. The centrists are way to the right of Republicans. True centrists are to the right of Republicans. The founders are to the right of them, way to the absolute extreme right to get anarchists. Well, that's no freedom. Because all you're doing is defending your life, you know, shooting looters or trying to steal your property. So in anarchy, there is no freedom. In tyranny, there's no freedom because the government regulates everything you do. You can't do anything. No decisions, no independence. You don't go anywhere. You don't do anything. You don't have any fun. You work and you die. That's that's uh, tyranny. Anarchy. Everything you own is subject to being stolen. You can be brutalized at any time. There's There's no social anything. You're all on your own. No freedom in that either. All you're doing is defending yourself 24-7. That's no way to live. So, If you look at the political spectrum, on the left, we have tyranny. On the right, we have anarchy. In the middle, we have the centrists. To the left, between centrists and tyranny, we have the Republicans and the Democrats. To the right, between centrists and anarchy, we have the founding fathers. We have our founding principles. And we have a graph that I put on every single show. You know, look at the slides. There's a graph that graphs liberty. And we put liberty, you know, basically uh, two-thirds of the way to the right. So, liberty is the place where you have only enough laws to protect life, uh, liberty, and property. That's it. Every law that goes above life, liberty, and property heads you to tyranny, and every law less than life, liberty, and property takes you towards anarchy. Well, that's how you define liberty. Freedom is on the left scale, tyranny and anarchy on the on the bottom scale. So, liberty is, is societal. Liberty is social. Liberty is multiple liberties for the whole country. So, you can the balance point of liberty. Is where we have only enough laws to protect life, liberty, and property. No more, so you don't slide to tyranny. And no fewer, so you don't slide to anarchy. That's where liberty is. Liberty is the point of maximum individual freedom. Because you can't have freedom without liberty, and you can't have liberty without freedom. They go hand in hand. Freedom is individual. Liberty is societal or, or statewide or countrywide. That's how it works. Any more comments here? And the last one was John defining uh, psychopaths. <laughs> we just got it interesting. So let me finish this, and we'll get Brian here in just a little bit. I'm gonna drink a lot of water too. Maybe I'll play something. I might <laughs> have some fun play some more things here. Uh, Republican voters, Every says so just wait until. Okay. Tre- here we go. She says the Republicans they will try their best to pretend to be him, in other words Trump, but the people will not be fooled by their rhetoric. No more, uh, and bold actions will be the only uh, campaign speeches they will turn an ear to even hear. Yeah, this is why the this is why the Republican debates are going nowhere. The Goober debates. I call them the Republican goobers. Goobers are people that uh, are running because the deep state picked them to run. That's who the government wants to be president. Well, the government wanted uh, Joe Biden to be president. That's why Joe Biden was installed in the White House in a fraudulent election. That's who the government picked. Well, the Republican and Democrat parties are pretty much the government anyway. So they, you know, they pick people that they want that will maintain the power structure, maintain the establishment, and they give you a very narrow range of people to choose from. Do you mean to tell me that the only people qualified to be president on the Republican side are, who's the New Jersey guy? Chris Christie, um, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott. Maybe not for president right away. Ron DeSantis, Obama Swampy, Vivek. That's it? That's who we get to choose from? No, I want to choose from more people. I want to choose from, I don't know, Tom Brady and football and... Uh, uh, maybe, um, you know, general Michael Flynn and, uh, who else would be good, to uh, good, pre- uh, you know, Candace Owens, let's give her about 10 years more experience. Maybe she'd be a good president. I want to choose from people without party. I don't think that party should be in the business of choosing anybody. I want to get rid of the parties, both the Democrat and Republican parties, get rid of them, decertify them. They are enemies of freedom because they, by controlling elections, control the laws and control this country. We would be better served if every politician was an independent. Maybe I'll make that my bill for uh, the big bill that I uh, um, will call it. All all legislators must be independents. Must be. I could write that before uh, January seventh. Must be. A couple of bills I want to write actually. Independence. Wouldn't that be fun? See, that way you'd have no majority in Congress to determine who the speaker is. that I'll have to vote as independents, right? The, the Speaker could not dish out the committee chairs to only members of their own party because there wouldn't be a party. There couldn't be party membership. Now they could probably dish it out to their friends, but people. But uh, that only goes so far because if all committee chairs were open to a vote and a secret ballot, nobody would know, right? It gets interesting. No one would know who voted for Speaker. That might be interesting too. That should be a secret ballot also. What if the Attorney General were a, uh, an elected position? During the midterm, so it would be off-year. Off so, so the attorney general serves a four-year term, you know, midterm to midterm, so they cross over presidential terms. Wouldn't that be interesting? So open your minds up, folks. There's, there's a whole lot of, uh, of stuff to consider here. What else we got? Here we go. She's talking about, she says, they will try their best to pretend to be him, in other words, Trump, but the people will not be fooled by their rhetoric. Then she says those days will eventually come, you know, when uh, when Trump goes away, right? And the Republican Party has only a short time to change their weak ways before they lose the base for years to come. Then she says on the abortion issue, Republicans lose on abortion because they have for decades allowed Democrats to lie about abortion on every level. Republicans refuse to fight hard against the evil lies of the Democrats who claim, quote, abortion is a woman's health care and a right. Well, <laughs> Neither health nor a right. She says it is not. She says abortion is murder. It kills another human being, the most innocent of all. Health care saves lives. Abortion kills lives. Yeah, that's a contradiction. I would say also that uh, nothing can be a right if it affects somebody else. It can only affect you. You can only make a decision to exercise a right if that right extends only from you. Keep and bear arms. You choose to keep and bear arms. No one can tell you not to, and you can't force anybody else to. Right? That's what a right is. A right is something you exercise individually. Well, abortion, because it affects three people, cannot be exercised individually. Therefore, it cannot be a right. And that's just simple logic. Then she says, a baby in its mother's womb is not a parasite like Democrats say. A baby is God's beautiful creation and God does not make mistakes and has a plan for every single one of us. Yeah, I would say, uh, God, you took time in revealing it to me. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> Good thing I'm a patient man. Anyway, it says, uh, uh, they say, then she says, abortion does not solve a woman's problem, but having an abortion will leave you scarred for life and regretfully questioning what if for the rest of your life. I'm sure that's true. She says, motherhood is the most wonderful blessing and most incredible journey of a woman's life. Being a mother is something to be proud of and delight in uh, and yearn for. Yeah, I got news for you. Being a father was pretty cool, too. Raised a kid, loved it. Had a blast. She says, abortion is not birth control, but Democrats have normalized it so much that it has become so. Over sixty three million people have been murdered in the past fifty years from abortions. Yeah, I find it fascinating that we bring in fifteen million illegals but encourage Americans to have abortions. Anybody see a little hypocrisy there? Then she says abortion is genocide, and none of their screams are heard when each of them are slaughtered in their mother's wombs. She says these precious little ones cannot fight, cannot defend themselves, cannot flee the abortionist weapon of choice, and they use that they use to brutally murder them. Calling this ongoing genocide health care it was an abomination and political lie that Democrats use in order to manipulate women to vote for them and continue the child sacrifices that enabled Democrats to maintain power. Wow. There's more. But let me see if I can uh, see what we have for other, other topics here. This is, I mean, she's pretty strong on this stuff. She says, Republicans must stop being afraid to stand up to Democrats. Disgusting lies about abortion. That is true. When Republicans boldly speak the truth and present solutions to help women in crisis in their motherhood, then we'll win on this issue. Many voters vote for candidates and the party that offer solutions to help to solve the problems people are facing. Well, that goes to, that goes to Fraction Radio. I mean, how many times have we offered solutions? Like every bill we write is a solution to a problem. Hopefully it's the best solution. If not, then uh, we amend. We correct. You know, that's why we do it. We send our bills to the legislature because that's the constitutional process we elect elected officials to process, to investigate, to hold hearings on, to make sure that we're putting the best bills forward. And the reason we have to uh, write the bills in the first place is because they're not writing good bills. They're getting their bills from uh, corporate lobbyists from different nations. You know, people are paying for the legislation in in Congress. And even with that, I still want Congress to look at our bills because that's the constitutional system. I'm not trying to change the constitutional system. I'm just trying to put better bills that uh, they go to Congress and, and then bring every political force I can to have them passed. That's the difference. Huh. She says, too offensive? No, not for America and definitely not for Democrats. She says, remember that they are the party, in other words, the Democrats that supports men dressing in women's clothes and provocatively showing their genitals to children during street parades or story time and then throw money at them or encourage their children to tip the monsters themselves. Here we go. She says, The Republican Party needs to boldly offer the truth, the solutions, and most importantly, fight with everything we have to stop communism in America and protect the most innocent among us. Truth wins when it shines brightly and is not covered or dimmed. We must powerfully declare the truth. Our nation's survival depends on it. She's right. She's absolutely right. So now what do you do? And that's the question. So the question that I have, and I will continue to ask... Is now that we know what the problem is, why is it so hard to implement a solution? That's where we stand right now. We know what the problems are. We know exactly what the problems are. But the Republicans lose because they continue to refuse to offer the solutions. They don't want to be the party of, uh, you know, cocktails and elegant parties. They don't want to be the party of, I don't want to, yeah, don't, yeah, I really can't do that. Nope, sorry, nope, not me. No, I'm not going to take a stand. That's who they are. I'll play a couple things here right before Brian gets here. It should be any time now. If he does, I'll I'll stop my commercials and come right back. So I'll be right back. Oops, there we go. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grace Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? Radio, dangerously cool. So we're back, and I'm just going to wait for Brian to call in now. So he might have another interview. Might be uh, if there's any indication of anything like my interviews, then uh, I always keep guests longer because I always have more to talk about. So let me give you a little background. So Dr. Brian Artist uh, started off a chiropractor, med school, um, and uh, it's just a fascinating person. He's just well, you know. See, so yeah, I said I start speaking about him, and there he is. That's how things work around here. So you know, ask and you shall receive. So let's get to our, our guest of the day, Dr. Brian Artis So I was just telling folks, uh, Brian's chiropractor, um, and we'll hear his med school stories. I was watching a, a podcast with his; it's fascinating, you know, about uh, what they don't teach you in uh, in med school. You know, it's a basically, uh, you know drugs and all this other kind of stuff. They don't actually make you well. It's fascinating. So we'll get into that. We'll get into other things too. But uh, Brian was on with us for 18 weeks uh, of the World's Greatest Doctors Panel. And it was a, an amazing collection. Dr. Judy Mikovits was there, Ben Thorpe, Ben Marble. Uh, we had folks drop in, Julian Northrup. I mean, it's just an incredible gathering of people. And then everybody got busy and left. <laughs> Brian, do you remember that?
3: I do remember that. Yep, it was it was an extremely busy time, but I was surprised we were able to pull it off for 18 weeks straight.
1: Yeah, well, I, I've got the record of it, too. So, anyway, let me give you a round of applause. <laughs> Everything you do. So, let's, so the, here's, here's the first thing. Whoops, is that your dog? Hello?
3: No, there's a dog. There's <laughs> a dog, dog by me. Running? That's funny. That's I I thought that's was, sound it ain't my dog. I know
1: about I <laughs> funny. No. That, that's hysterical. Well, just coming right after the round of applause, have I got an extended sound effect here? Did something get crossed over? I don't think I have a dog sound effect. Anyway, that's okay. Um, but, uh, but the amount that we were able to accomplish and just to, that gathering. Uh, now, I'm moving to Rumble, and so we will be visual. So everybody will see your smiling face and beard. Still got a beard?
3: Yeah, that'll be exciting. I'll have to shower and make sure I look pretty on those days.
1: No, 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 no. Wear dirty T-shirts. That's what I'm going to do. I've got all these crazy uh, T-shirts from my travels. I do to look like. Hey, listen. If Steve Bannon can look like he just woke up five minutes before airtime, you know the rest of us can't do. He does. He yeah, looks that's terrible.
3: Right. So that's Steve right. yep, I've those... heard people. I hear people say. If he can pull off being a successful laser with a podcast and looking like a homeless guy, then anybody can do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, see, this is where content counts. So, I'm, hopefully, I'll go on that as well. Because obviously, I'm not going to be going on good looks. So I've got that, uh, what they say, a face for radio. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting experience. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, I, I want to ask you questions you don't get um, all the time. Sure. So this, this is what makes uh, life much more interesting. Do you notice the difference between a radio? show like this where it's just audio where it goes directly into your brain there's no visual distraction or stimulation uh, as opposed to a uh, a video podcast because we're going to be moving so this is this might be something interesting for me to know what do you think oh no, for sure well, do i
3: see anything different between the two my uh-huh. my experience with radio shows and tv shows and interviews or podcasts uh-huh. yeah video is very different uh, but i actually know tons of people appreciate just the audio versions of things and Lots of people are active and not able to sit down and watch stuff, so I personally love every outlet that allows us to get the word out. I mean, the video is great, but it's still the the audio that's actually making the most impression. So uh, what we hear, the words we hear, what we articulate, I think radio is still super powerful. Video does some more, uh, obviously, uh, stimulation, but uh, yeah, I appreciate both and all mediums.
1: Do you get different questions between a purely radio show and a a video show?
3: Yeah, I think probably the biggest difference is I often, as I am explaining the answers to questions that are being presented, I can have so much research, so many presentations that I can share my actual research visually with the audiences through screen share. It's about the only Mm -hmm. real thing you don't get to see through the radio and through radio experience. My favorite thing I say all the time, I am a show-and-tell doctor, I like to Mm -hmm. tell you and show you. So it's kind of hard through the radio to do that, but uh, the power of video, that's where I think the power comes in the interviews that we do, is not only, and I do this all the time on stages every weekend, I'm somewhere in the world doing presentations, but the power to show people what it is you're confessing, articulating, there's a lot of power behind that. It's one thing to say something, it's another one to show you. Look, you want to see it? Here's the evidence. And I'll give you an example. So I was at a medical conference last weekend in San Antonio, and I was asked to, Presentations to assist these medical doctors in keeping their their hours or continuing education hours for re licensure each year. So mm-hmm. I went down there last week and did a presentation about fifty medical doctors. Judy Mikeovitz is in the room as a presenter. Lee Merritt was there. It was a great group. Uh, while I was there, I actually put up on the screen. I said uh, I'm about to give a presentation here. I was the only chiropractor there. I said I'm about to give a presentation to everybody. I said, uh, who can name? the two people who just won the Nobel Prize for creating the mRNA vaccine. And nobody could answer. And I said, great, would you like me to show you? <laughs> so then I put it up on the screen.
1: and well, there's a, Malone was one of them, wasn't it? Wasn't he? Uh, no.
3: So I put it up no. on the screen. I said, here's – oh, no. So I put it up on the screen. I said, uh, here's the two people that just won the Nobel Prize in medicine for creating the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. And their names are on the screen, on the media articles, many articles. <laughs> and I said, up oh, here it is. All right. <laughs> yeah. There's two doctors. They're at the University of Pennsylvania, and their names are Drew Wiseman and Cataline Kariko from Hungary, who also works at the University of Pennsylvania. So I put it up on the screen, and I said, how many of you have ever heard these names? And no one raised wait, their uh, hands, and I
1: said, wait, wait. Uh, and I, uh, University of Pennsylvania, isn't that where the Biden Center is? Aren't they connected directly to China?
3: Oh, of course they are. In fact, they're wait, actually directly—they're actually directly connected to Donald Trump. Donald Trump graduated oh. from the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, the uh, Operation Warp Speed money went to U of Penn, his alumni, to pay these oh. two, the royalties, the commissions to actually finalize their mRNA vaccine. So. Anyway, so, yeah, there's a big connection to Biden, big connection to Donald Trump, to University of Pennsylvania, and these two individuals that created the COVID-19 vaccines. And I did say to the medical doctors there, I said, uh, guess who must be really angry that they didn't get the Nobel Prize for their invention they've continued to lie to us about for the last three years? I said, anybody think Robert Malone's embarrassed that he wasn't recognized as the inventor of the mRNA vaccine? That's why vaccine? I
1: mentioned his name. Yeah, and he's been on the show. <laughs> Yeah. So, but this he, he invented it. So how come he wasn't well, re- rewarded? Well, I mean, it's purely political anyway.
3: Well, it's true. He's continued to say he's invented these, but I've been in rooms with him being filmed live on camera, and I've looked at him and said, you want to explain to the world or you want me to do it? Why do you keep lying to the world telling them that you oh. invented mRNA vaccines? Oh. I said, Are you going to open your mouth and explain to the world why you keep lying to people? I did that a year ago. In the Bollinger's home, in their documentary they filmed at a roundtable, it was me, Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, Stu Peters, and Sean Stone. And I said, when are you going to stop lying to the world and would you like to clear it up right now? Why does you keep lying and telling people you invented mRNA technology when you didn't? And he wouldn't say a word. In fact, the only thing he said at the end of the interview was, I even kept telling him, hey, look in the camera. Tell them, why did you keep lying to people? I'd like to know, why do you keep lying to people telling them that you invented mRNA technology? It's weird. And I said, well, if he's not going to tell you, I'll just look in the camera and I told the whole world in front of Stu, Peter, the, Bo- the Bollingers. I said, just so y'all know, uh, the two people that created the mRNA vaccines are actually Drew Wiseman and Katalin Currico. They're at the University of Pennsylvania. And the reason why this is important is because Katalin Carrico and Drew Wiseman, which I showed these medical doctors this weekend, I said, how many of you heard a claim from this chiropractor two years ago and it watched the water documentary that there was snake venom in the COVID-19 vaccine? And they all raised their hands, and I said, how many of you ever looked into it? No one kept their hands up. And hmm. I said, all right, well, now, now I'm showing you. They just won the Nobel Prize. Yep. The only time anybody ever heard these people's names is when I told you who these people were two years ago. Y'all continued to follow Malone instead of looking at the real criminals. And I said, these two people, I'm about to show you why it is I said there's snake venom in the COVID-19 shot. And the reason why I said that is y'all were looking at the wrong guy. Y'all were distracted by a guy named Robert Malone looking at him no, as a creator of the mRNA technology, and he right. is not the guy. And I told y'all, y'all are looking at the wrong person. If you want to know what's in the shots causing all these VAERS-reported injuries, go look at Drew Weissman and Kathleen Carrico's research studies. They tell you in their creation of the mRNA vaccine, starting in 2009, they write in all their research studies mm-hmm. that they're being paid by the NIH to make mRNA gene therapy vaccines, and they state in every paper since 2009, Greg, that they use snake venom phosphodiesterase to cut the RNA or DNA of the mammal to do their mRNA gene editing technology. So that's what I said in the Watch the Water documentary. So this weekend in San Antonio, when I'm doing this review with medical doctors, I'm like, I'm going to show y'all why it is I said there's snake venom in these shots. So I pull up Drew Weissman and Cataline Carrico's studies from 2009, 11, 15, 12. And I'm like, look, every single paper they tell you to do mRNA injections, you have to use snake venom phosphodiesterase to do it. And I see the words. uh,
1: What is it about snake venom that allows you to to separate or cut or cleave or whatever the word is, um, parts of uh, messenger RNA?
3: Yeah, so they said, uh, anyway, in the papers they state that snake venom phosphodiesterase is effective at cutting mRNA genetic material that is capped on either end so take a piece of dna or rna which is genetic material and cap each end with something called pseudouridine and they said the reason why this works well is only snake venom phosphodesterase will cut it even when you have pseudouridine capped on either end now this is only in relationship to mrna vaccines these things are not stable they've never been found to be effective pH temperature destroys it. It's very fragile once you take mRNA out of a human body or out of a body. So they've never been successfully able to create a stabilized version of mRNA for injections without terrible outcomes in animal studies. Mm -hmm. So in 2009, they started capping the ends of mRNA or genetic material or RNA with pseudouridine so that when they inject it inside of you, the combined snake venom phosphodiesterase is effective at cleaving even if you put this pseudo-uridine thing on there that makes it more stable, snake venom still evolutionarily is potent enough to damage the RNA or cut the RNA or DNA inside of you and that they're injecting inside of you. Snake venom evolutionarily destroys genetics.
1: Why do they want to? Why do they want to cut the? If they're making, the, they're building the mRNA, which is manufactured. I, I don't know exactly how they do it, but they they combine the chemicals, they make a genetic code like a binary computer code, and then they match that to the the components of DNA, you know, and then they make this this RNA stuff. Why do they want to break it up inside your body?
3: Yeah, their whole goal is to actually get your body to manufacture something called a genetic sequence, which is a spike protein gene in the scenario of MRNA vaccines. So the goal is to get whatever the code for the gene, they want it inside your cells combining with your DNA.
1: Okay. I mean, this, this all sounds very familiar. Um, but it, it just you know, like I say, I'm cu- I'm curious as to you know me. I like to know the the, the uh, exact reasons without getting too biochemical, like uh, Judy McVeigh does, because then she loses us. <laughs> but it's just the of why. Of course. And now it's it's the why question. Is the why? And here's another question too. If if this is if you put some of this stuff in your body and it teaches every time your cells replicate, they're replicating with this new information. Why would you need more than one shot? Why would you need more than just a tiny little bit of this stuff to start the process to go through all your cells, which I don't know how long would it would supposedly take. But if you have extra shots, you, if you're injecting the same material that's teaching your body the same thing, why would you need extra ones? That doesn't make any sense. Greg, the first shot is already teaching your body how to make it. Yeah. Greg,
3: that is, the, that is a perfect use of logic. Why well, not my
1: moments? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that is a it's, perfect example
3: a of logic. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm going to explain to you exactly why they said you had to have more than one. Okay. Uh, I actually ha- I had a conference here in Dallas, Texas in September 8th and 9th called Healing for the Ages. And the actual subtitle of my conference was Healing in the Age of Bioweapons. And in this two-day event, we actually showed the entire world why there is two different shots. For the first time in history, they said the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines had to be two shots within a two-week period to consider the person fully vaccinated. Never before in history have they ever said you had to get more than one shot to be considered vaccinated for anything. The flu, yeah. polio, legal, one shot HIV, would it didn't matter.
1: Create the immunity, right?
3: That's so, right. Everything was always one shot. Now all of a sudden you got two. Well, I'm going to tell you what's actually in the shots. Okay, so first thing I want to know, Greg, I'm going to throw out a few examples and scenarios, and I want you to tell me, was it true or false? All right, so. Greg, they told us that COVID-19, this virus, that we could prevent spread of this virus by standing six feet apart. Is that true?
1: No. Everybody was a, was I had a congressional right. report from the, the, this guy from this Japanese pharmaceutical company who briefed Congress, both Democrats and Republicans separately, of course, because they're different parties, that said everybody's going to get exposed to this. I also know it's an aerosol that can travel 200 feet. I even did a, a, a thing on this as one of my reports, one of my little satire pieces, said so you can I spread that. it through an entire office building in about two minutes through a central air system.
3: Exactly right. All right. So was it true when they said six feet apart is plenty of space to keep you from getting sick? Was that true? So that was a false claim. They also stated that wearing a mask would prevent you from getting this virus. Was that
1: true? Well, of course not. But we've talked about that. <laughs> give me a tough question. Come on, Brian. Give me a good one. This, I mean, they also I used to read the directions it, on the box. I read the directions on the box that said this does not stop viruses. That's right. You know, and then also, I read the study uh, that the guy that came up with six feet, those were tuberculosis droplets. They weren't even an aerosol. <laughs>
3: All right. So you've heard claims that they've said were fact, which were actually not true. They also Friends told false. us, Greg, that PCR tests were accurate and could determine whether or not you had a coronavirus. Was that true? No, or was that
1: false? no, it's false because the person who invented it said it was never to be used as a diagnostic. Yeah,
3: very true. All right, you're you're great, Greg. You're actually astute and awake. This is great. All right. So you now know they have had <laughs> multiple claims right. of what they claim to be truth scientifically, but they're actually uh-huh. falsehoods. All right. So let's give you another one. They also said if you got vaccinated for COVID, you wouldn't get COVID. That's what they told you. Joe Biden actually said this every time.
1: Just get the oh, no, shot No, no, no. you just won't the get COVID. No, uh, the COVID, the COVID uh, shot is a marketing device to give people COVID so they can sell more uh, COVID shots.
3: Yeah, so was it true when vaccine. they said if you get COVID, you won't, if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID? Was that
1: true? No, of course that's not true. No, of course not. Give me a tough one. They also, you won't have to think about I will. it. Okay. So
3: then they actually they also said if you get COVID once, you won't get it a second time. Was that true?
1: Um, it's interesting because I got immunity. I had COVID before we knew what it was, and I've never had anything since except one little cold. I, my immunity right. actually improved after COVID. So they say you can't get I, – I know you can get it again, but what I'm really curious about is the circumstance. Is it a suppressed immune yep. system or something else? Or is it a variation? Yeah, exactly. I know the variations come from, there's something, I forgot what the term is, but there's a term that when you have a COVID shot, you actually, uh, you, you, your body is geared for that one particular strain, but it allows other strains to come up. So it actually creates mutations. And I forgot what that thing is, what that word is.
3: <laughs> yeah, Very good. All right. So it was not true that you could get it once and never get it again, but that was a claim by some MDs, but that was not true or accurate.
1: There's a lot. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a sec. Because for those of us that have natural immunity, now we're not talking about the COVID shot, but if you have natural immunity, okay, so I got COVID before I knew what it was. I've got the shows to prove it. I sound like hell. Uh, I had the worst cough in the world for two weeks, couldn't sleep lying down, you know, but when it was done, it was done. I took two days off work, relaxed for a couple of days, and I was fine. I didn't know about uh, hydroxychloroquine or quercetin. I hadn't talked to uh, Dr. Zelenko yet. None of that stuff had happened. So I realized after I heard about COVID, I had already had COVID. I said, great, I'm immune now. So I never, wore, I never wore a mask anyway, just because those things are stupid. Um, but went in public, you know, drove around constantly, windows down, met with people, never, never distant or anything. I didn't care about any of that stuff because I already had it. It's like flu. Once you got it, you got it. So how, so Brian. is there a difference between, here's the question though. So, so is this true, Brian, um, that if you, if you got over COVID using your natural immunity, can you get it again? Oh yeah, for sure you can. Okay. Is it a strong? And I'll explain, is I'll it, explain uh, why. Is it a variation of the original? Because the original strain died out. What? Late uh, 2020, early 2021. It was already gone. So they exactly so, right. so they were vaccinating for something that had already gone. Right. Right. So yeah.
3: So this is the this is to help answer this question. So have you okay. ever known anybody to ever get a cold before COVID? A cold. Mm-hmm. More than once. Oh in yeah. Their life? But,
1: those, but but every cold's different though. So yes.
3: Exactly right. So you have – and what are cold viruses called? What are they by definition?
1: Rhinoviruses? They're they're viruses. They're, they're, they're coronaviruses,
3: right? And they are coronaviruses. Very good. All right. So can people get coronaviruses once and then get them again? Sure. Of course they can. You can get a coronavirus more than once. So, yes, there can be variations. There can be uh, different coronaviruses that you can be exposed to. You can get sick more than once from a flu virus, from a coronavirus, Absolutely. So you can absolutely get any of these infections more than once. So that mm-hmm. was not true that if you got it once, you would never get it again.
1: Hi, honey. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, I'd right, so, like to say that, but I, I, you know me, I have to get into the details. And the details are I would differentiate between those who got COVID shots and got it again. Oh, for sure. Because I think the, the people – that now, isn't it true that the people that got COVID the most times had COVID shots?
3: Oh, for sure. Absolutely, 100%. Those that got vaccinated got COVID more often than anybody
1: else. So the and COVID so, shot causes – COVID.
3: Oh, absolutely. All right. So
1: That's why it's marketing. So <laughs> the reason yeah, the reasons
3: for these very well answered questions by Greg on Action Radio. The reason why he knew all these answers were just phenomenal is because he stayed educated and informed and had common sense and logic in his mind, in his brain, that he's been gifted with. That well, so many people you. have lost for some reason. Well, well so, wait a Greg, minute. <laughs> I was I was a- hold up, I was establishing falsehoods that we were told were truths scientifically, but they were not. So these are multiple of these. So Greg, we have all been told that these COVID-19 vaccines by Pfizer and Moderna are this new technology. We just gave a Nobel Prize to the people that created it, Drew Weisman Mm -hmm. and Catalina Carrico. We have been told that these are called mRNA vaccines. Now, by definition that they keep claiming, these are called mRNA vaccines. What would you suggest? What would you believe might be in these shots that they are calling mRNA vaccines? Would you Ooh, guess, a Greg, question. Would, they put, would you believe – yeah, I want you to tell me. What do you think would be in those shots just by I the would name assume, mRNA
1: vaccine? Until you ask me this question, I would assume that an mRNA vaccine actually had some mRNA in it. But I think you're going to tell Very me that it doesn't. Good. I think you're going to tell me yes. there's no such thing in there. How am I doing? (laughs) That's right.
3: You're doing great. All right, so we were told, stand six feet apart, you won't get COVID. That ain't true. You were told to wear a mask, you won't get COVID. That isn't true. You were told the mask would trap COVID. That wasn't true. You were told the vaccines would prevent COVID. That was not true. Then you were told it would prevent worse outcomes, so get it anyway. That wasn't true either. So anyway, you just lied to over and over and over. PCR tests work when they really don't, and they're fraudulent, and never test for a virus ever or confirm one per the inventor, who also won a Nobel Prize. He said, my device, the PCR test, does not confirm viruses of any kind. Yep. I mean, he said that way before they ever said it was good. Anyway, so all of these are falsehoods. All of these are lies. They're deceits. Imagine mm-hmm. now to learn that when they tell you these are mRNA vaccines, that there's no mRNA in the vaccines. Isn't that odd? It just falls See, I in didn't line know with all the other that's, lies.
1: That's breaking news for me. I, I, uh, I had not heard that there was actually no mRNA in the mRNA vaccine. Um, so why yeah, shouldn't? Phenomenal. Well, wait a minute. Now this is where the Federal Trade Commission, which believes in truth, which actually enforces truth in labeling. Okay. In other words, if you oh. say you know safe and effective, it actually has to actually be safe and effective. Of course, that doesn't apply to uh, anything from big pharma. But uh, you know, like mouthwash. Remember, remember, uh, 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 what was it? Uh, what was the, the horrible tasting one? Um, it wasn't uh-huh. It Was the other one? No, it wasn't Scope. It was something. that was Listerine. Listerine. Okay, so Listerine. Remember Listerine? Okay, this is a great case. Maybe you can put this, include this in your many chats. That Listerine obviously came from, from Dr. Lister. They, they tried to co-opt his name you know, as one of the, the founders of sterilization and things like that. And they used to say it used to prevent colds. Well, it didn't. Right. So the Federal Trade Commission make, made them do two or three years worth of ads saying, although this does not prevent colds or lessen their severity, you know, it does kill germs on contact, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Okay, <laughs> well, shouldn't Big Pharma have to do the same thing? If there's no mRNA, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't there be a disclaimer? And this would be a great piece of legislation, okay? This would be a perfect one to go to the Federal Trade Commission and say, wait a minute, you did this for big pharma. You put big fat warning labels on every cigarette package. The Surgeon General has determined that these can cause lung cancer. Well, where's the, where's, the, where's the big fat warning label in every vial? Of course, nobody sees the vials, right? That's why they don't show them to them. They don't show them the inserts either. That's a whole other story, right? They don't show them the stuff. And yet there you know, there should be a big fat warning saying this mRNA vaccine contains no mRNA. <laughs> That's
3: right. Okay, so if there's no MRNA in there, and it is breaking FCC trade guidelines, which I believe it absolutely does, I would consider this false advertising and non-disclosure of ingredients, obviously, at a bare minimum. All right, so Got I think it. consumers just have the right to know what in the world they are having consumed that they are selecting and being told they coerced and bullied to actually consume, which mm-hmm. are the shots. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if there's no MRNA in the shots, my next question would be for you, uh, Greg. If there's no MRNA in the shots, which there is not – NIH documents tell you there is none in these COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. All right, so if there's no mRNA in them, my next question for you, Greg, would be if they don't put mRNA in the shots, what do you think an mRNA vaccine injected into a person called an mRNA vaccine, what do you think it should actually maybe create in the human body? If it doesn't have mRNA in it and you're calling it an mRNA vaccine, the only next assumption I would have is, I guess they're injecting this stuff into you to create mRNA. I mean, they, I have to so work they have RNA mRNA yeah. there for some reason. Right, right. and
1: that's where why the snake do you have mRNA and, uh, written on there? Uh, but uh, wait a minute, you said earlier that uh, the, 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 there is mRNA, but it's it's being you know broken up by snake venom. It's being rearranged and oh, no, done no, to create no, snake no. proteins. What the, am I missing?
3: In the shots, in the recipes, in the research studies by Drew Wiseman and Catalin Criko, they say they use snake venom phosphodiesterase to cleave RNA that has been capped with pseudouridine.
1: Now, oh, so they tell it releases, you that over and over. It releases the RNA in your body? Yep. So yep. So what they're okay. telling you is
3: snake venom phosphodesterase will cut RNA. Now, just so wow. you know, there is no mention in their papers about mRNA. They only talk about RNA and DNA. So they are cutting with snake venom phosphodesterase your RNA. Follow me? And I said there's no mRNA in these shots. They have genetically altered pieces of RNA that are capped with something called pseudouridine to make it more stable. But the snake venom phosphodesterase they're adding, it actually still cuts the RNA, even though pseudouridine keeps an enzyme in the human body from destroying it. And that substance in the human body is called RNase. But they said they use snake venom phosphodesterase in the shot to cleave the RNA that's included in the shots because it will go past the pseudouridine that blocks the human body's God-given enzyme called RNase, which destroys foreign RNA. They said snake venom phosphodesterase will go past the pseudouridine and cut it. Where in their selected genetic sequences, they want to cut your DNA and RNA. So there is no me- me- reference of mRNA. So at the Healing for the Ages conference, I showed the whole world. Mm -hmm. that on the NIH's website right now, they state, we did not put any part of the virus inside the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. That's their own words. (laughs) And they state, we didn't put any part of the virus in the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. And I quote, they said, this is why we can say confidently, there is no way you're going to get COVID from our vaccines Because they didn't put any of the virus in the COVID-19 vaccine. So you can't get the virus to get COVID. Follow me.
1: Well, that means it's not a so vaccine, the next too, question. because so th- uh, by definition, a vaccine has the inert genetic material so your body can recognize it and build up immunity to it, right? Isn't
3: that odd that they didn't put the one
1: thing they're telling you to get the vaccines for to prevent? Oh, but how do people get more we're- COVID after they've had a COVID shot?
3: You're exactly right. So, they tell- so then my question to everybody is when I show them these documents, I go, It's and that interesting? The NIH publishes, they didn't put the virus in any of their COVID-19 MRHF. <laughs>
1: so
0: then my
3: next question was, is, what were they trying to prevent? And then what did they put in there? If they weren't trying to prevent a virus from these va- with these vaccines, what were they injecting inside of you? So mm. there's a second document on the NIH's website right now called Understanding mRNA Vaccines for lay people mm. to read, like action mm. news audiences that aren't the medical professionals. So if you go read that document, it actually says, we selected the spike protein gene as our vaccine candidate. And then they say these words, Greg, and everybody needs to pay attention to this because no one knew this. This might be news for your action news radio. They state right now that the NIH said we selected the spike protein gene of COVID, which was confirmed by DNA experts in three different countries. DNA experts did DNA analysis of the spike proteins of COVID and said every single one of them are cobra venom proteins, king cobra venom proteins from the snake or crate snake venom proteins called bungarotoxin. That is all they've ever said. It continues to be reconfirmed in China, France, and Italy by DNA experts. The spike protein gene of COVID are two snake venom neurotoxins from two snakes. So now the NIH is telling you they're taking these venom proteins that they call spike proteins, and they state that to make these vaccines, they selected the spike protein gene as the vaccine candidate. They synthetically manufactured the spike protein gene, and then they inserted it inserted it into what is called a DNA plasmid. And those DNA plasmids, they put in the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. Now, this is important. Notice, they didn't say RNA plasmid. They didn't say mRNA plasmid. They said DNA plasmid. Mm-hmm. They did not put any mRNA in these shots. They did not put any RNA in these shots. They put what are called DNA plasmids. But they are calling these vaccines mRNA vaccines. And I want to explain to your audiences what they show you they did. They put DNA plasmids with snake venom proteins in them called cobra toxin and bungarotoxin. They put these in the COVID-19 shots per the NIH, and they stated in reference a study in 2003 where they took cobra toxin, king cobra venom protein, which was found by three different countries' DNA experts to be the spike protein of COVID. They took in 2003 cobra toxin, and they took that venom protein and cut it in two pieces. And then they took those two pieces, and they put half of the cobra toxin into a circular piece of DNA they engineered in a lab called the DNA plasmid. They inserted half of the cobra venom into a plasmid's DNA circle, then they took another DNA plasmid and put the other half of the cobra toxin into that plasmid. And then in 2003, 20 years ago, they injected one of these DNA plasmids that had half of the cobra venom in it. They injected that into animals, and they wanted to know, does the animal manufacture – this is not a joke, Greg. Listen to Action News Radio. They took these DNA plasmids in 2003 – that had half of king cobra venom in it, and they injected it into animals. And their question was, if we inject half of cobra venom in a plasmid, a piece of DNA, circular piece, inject that into mammals, will the mammal's cells draw in this circular piece of DNA that now has an instruction in the DNA, circle piece, little hula hoop of DNA, when the cells of the mammal draw this inside of itself, will the DNA of the mammal convert the DNA plasmid into a complete protein of mRNA king cobra venom? This is what they stated. We want to know, Mm -hmm. will it convert it into mature mRNA cobra venom? And then they injected it into animals and they waited and nothing happened. Then they took the other DNA plasmid and they injected it into other animals that had the other half of cobra venom in it. And do you know what happened, Greg? Nothing. Nothing. But the, yeah. the, the question was, when we inject the other DNA plasmid with the other half of the king cobra venom, will the mammal's cells draw in this piece of DNA, combine it with this mammal's DNA in its nucleus, and then will that cell start manufacturing mature mRNA cobra toxin? And, Greg, when they injected the DNA plasmid with the other half of cobra toxin, nothing happened to the animals. So then they killed the animals, took their blood work, and wanted DNA experts to see if they could find any mature mRNA of cobra venom inside the mammals. They didn't find any evidence of any mRNA cobra toxin being manufactured. So this is what they did in 2003. And the second half of their study, Greg, they took DNA plasmids with half of the cobra toxin, the spike protein of COVID, They took half in one DNA plasmid, put the other half of the king cobra venom, they cut in half, put it in another DNA plasmid, and guess what they did? They injected one of the DNA plasmids with half the cobra venom into the mammal, and then they waited a few days, and they injected the other DNA plasmid that had the other half of the cobra venom protein in it, and they injected that into the animal. And their next question was, what happens when we inject them with two parts of the cobra venom? suspended in two different DNA plasmids, and do it over several days. If we inject both of them, will the mammal's own body's cells take these DNA pieces and combine through what they call splicing, will the mammal's body splice the two pieces of cobra venom together to make a mature, complete mRNA of the cobra venom toxin? And guess mm-hmm. what happened, Greg? When they did both of them oh. on different days, every single animal died within yep. six hours. And when they opened up the bodies of the animals and checked their blood, their blood was full of king cobra venom MRNA. So their body the mammals was it,
1: uh, uh, was it clotting like the clots we find, the big clots that they discovered, the morticians discovered? Exactly right. Yep, huh. they found myocarditis, blood clotting, and death
3: to all the animals.
1: Hmm. So, so, it <laughs> so it does work as designed.
3: I mean, so it I'm ironic. I
1: it's working exactly as designed. Yeah, uh, this is fascinating. Uh, I've got people texting me all kinds of questions for you because, like, uh, this is what happens. Uh, it's hard for people to call in sometimes. So I'll get to those in a second. Judy's got mm. the first one. I think, but this is fascinating. Now, Alex yeah, Jones, so. I remember. You know what? You know what? This is this is a binary chemical weapon. This is like a nerve mm-hmm. gas where they have two parts of the nerve gas that to get to separately they right. don't do anything. But you put them together and they're lethal. Uh, Epoxy. Epoxy, for example. All right. You take the two chemicals of epoxy. You know, they don't work until you mix them together. Alex Jones. I don't know how many years ago he did this. Maybe two, three, four years ago. I think it was actually right before COVID. He actually had a report. He said there's some kind of binary weapon coming out in the form of a vaccine. He didn't know what it was. Okay. And I remember him saying that as soon as the COVID shot came out, I "I bet you this is it. I just had that feeling because I I get feelings about all this kind of stuff. And I said, this is a binary weapon. There's two parts to it. And so I I wanted to let you tell the whole story, but I I kind of, I think I didn't want to jump to the conclusion, but this is a binary weapon. And so you have one plasmid, uh, which doesn't do anything. uh, And then if you inject uh, or another animal gets the other plasmid, doesn't do anything, just like you said. Um, But if you put a, now, can you put the how far apart can you put these together? So can you put the can can like the first plasmid be in the regular shot and the second plasmid be in the boosters? Is that how they're doing it? Or how how are they doing it? Is the first shot No? So, oh, so if you get a COVID shot. Okay. Oh yeah. So let me just first... take you through our
3: yeah, through a researcher's mind. Okay. Okay. So as okay. me, I I'm actually reading this study from two thousand three and I'm like, oh my gosh, so the first thing I learned is from the NIH recently I'm like oh wait a minute like 6 months ago I'm like wait a minute they didn't put any virus in it they put DNA plasmids they put the venom spike proteins into the plasmid and then the NIH is showing you what the plasmid looks like and that and they're telling you we put that in the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines then I wanted to know my very next question Greg was this all right well I know from DNA experts that they have figured out the spike protein gene was venoms of snakes king cobra and a uh, crate snake venom called bungarotoxin cobra toxin bungarotoxin All I wanted to know then, my very next question was, have researchers ever done mRNA research using cobra toxin in DNA plasmids? Why would I not ask that question? That's what they're telling you these shots are. So I went like this. Let's just see if they did it. The very first thing that pops up is this 2003 study where they took king cobra venom, cut it in half, called two pieces of cobra toxin, put part of it in a DNA plasmid, put the other part in another DNA plasmid, injected each individually. It did nothing. When they did it separately and injected both of them into the human or the mammal, the mammal's own cells, mammal cells, Greg, the cells drew in the plasmids, spliced together the two pieces of cobra toxin, and then spit out of the mammal cells mature alpha cobra toxin mRNA. And it killed all of the animals as if they had been bit by a king cobra. Well yeah, it's the same you know,
1: you, you get you get you get envenomated or whatever. Is another, but it's the same you know, yeah, it's interesting that a of fang, you know, and a needle are pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> they inject directly into your bloodstream.
3: Oh, the the actual hypodermic needle was made from the design of a fang.
1: Yeah, okay, so it. so this makes perfect sense. All right. So yeah. so we know how All they're right, injected. So we the, know the, how this
3: is. So, yeah. so, so I'm gonna I'll keep, keep this going so people learn, sure. okay? All right, so All right. my very next question was this. All right, well, in 2003, 20 years before the COVID-19 vaccine mRNAs come out uh, by Drew Wiseman, Catalina Currico, 20 years earlier, they proved their concept that you could take DNA plasmids separately on separate days, and the cells of the mammal would combine them naturally to form and create a mature venom that would yeah. actually kill the animal, and it did. It killed 100% of the animals, Greg, in six hours. 80% of them died within six minutes of the, of the plasmids being injected. That's
1: about the same for a cobra bite, right? About six minutes?
3: Exactly right. So I want okay. to take the audience further here. My very mm-hmm. next thought was to mm-hmm. take this study and share it with other medical doctors, which I did. And I said, y'all have to look at this. And all of them freaked out immediately when they <laughs> read the summary. And they were like, oh, my God, they did exactly what Dr. Artis suggested was going to happen from the shots in the Watch the Water documentary. Well, let me tell you what the next question from the medical doctors was. Does this explain, Dr. Artis, why there had to be two different mRNA vaccines for Pfizer and Moderna? Because they injected two different DNA plasmids in the study in 2003 to make the mature cobra toxin that killed the animals. Does this finally explain why there had to be two vaccines to be considered fully vaccinated. And so that question, I turned back on them and I said, what evidence would you have or could you find for me in documents for Pfizer and Moderna that would explain that they differentiated the first from the second shot for people giving the shots? This is my next question. Was there a way that they differentiated for people giving the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine? All right, so remember they had drive-throughs in the Home Depot parking lot, Greg, to administer vaccines? Mm-hmm. My, my thought best was... That's malpractice was as there, far as I'm
1: concerned because anybody could drive through any number of so times. Ridiculous. I don't think they were checking. There was just, there's no medical history. They are just, you know, it, it was crazy. Exactly right. It's so ridiculous. So my next question yeah. was, did mm-hmm.
3: Pfizer and Moderna, when they sent out the vaccines to all these people, did they differentiate the vaccines for the administrators who were giving the shots? Was there a way to differentiate between one being different from the other one?
1: Yeah, number one and, and number two. Oh, my two.
3: goodness. Dr. Henry Ely immediately looks up Pfizer's documents. And in Pfizer's vaccine documents, sent with the vaccines to distributors who were going to be injecting all Americans around the world or people around the world. Pfizer had in their documents that the first shot, you'll know which vial is the first vaccine because it has a blue cap on it. Oh! If people are coming for their second one, it's a light purple cap. And all of a sudden, Dr. Henry Ely goes... Oh, my God, Dr. RC calls me and he goes, oh, my God, if the vaccines, the mRNA vaccines, shot one and shot two were identical, why did they have to differentiate the colors or by color? If they were it was the a binary weapon. same components, a,
1: why yeah, would you have weapon. to
3: differentiate the first from the second? Mm-hmm. There is and that's no reason to differentiate are. them.
1: No, but that's why people are getting so much sicker after the second shot. I mean, Eric Clapton, a oh, friend of mine. Greg, you know, Greg the second 90% shot, of yeah.
3: all people that died from the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine, 90% of those shots. that died, died within 48 hours of the second shot, yep. which would be the second DNA plasmid injected into you. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what happened in the study in 2003 to all the animals. So now we have a perfect explanation of why they ever said in the first place You had to wait two weeks to be considered fully vaccinated after you got your second injection. And so this is what we showed the whole world.
1: Uh, Why is the two weeks important? Well, I mean, now I understand that I mean, a binary weapon makes perfect sense. It never made sense to me to get two shots because, we, as we talked about earlier, you know, either the body learns from the immunity response from the first shot or it doesn't learn it at all. A second shot's not going to make any difference. Now it makes perfect oh. sense because I remember Alex Jones saying this is a binary weapon, that they're going to introduce something and it's going to take, uh, I don't know if he said two shots or is, is there's two components to it. I don't think he knew at the time. But this is, this is yeah. another reason I, I didn't want to go anywhere near this thing. Um, just because, yeah. uh, because there's just, there was so much wrong with it. It came out too early. Uh, we already had a cure. Sure. Uh, I post a, a chart on my show every single day that you cannot find anymore. Uh, it'll, it'll Look up the show chart. You know, once I do the show notes or any, any previous show, it has the COVID chart from the CDC that COVID deaths ended um, July of 2020, right before they started lying. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. I, it, I put, it on my, yeah. put it on my show every single day. Right? I've been doing it for, yeah. for a year now, yeah, but you can't it. find it anymore. Yeah. So, so COVID was gone. The vaccine came out. The shot came out six months after COVID was gone. It was for the wrong strain. <laughs> I mean, but this is. Um, but this makes perfect sense that it's a bioweapon That uh, yeah. So why? Let's get let's get to the why.
3: Yep. So the next question is the why, right? Why would they? Why would they vomit on the world so many lies, Greg, at once? Mm-hmm. Why all of a sudden would they throw out everything scientifically based? And then all of a sudden go something with make dumb arguments like this. All of a sudden, Greg, and why would so many medical professionals fall for it? I mean, seriously, this is the first time ever you've heard that children who don't have any symptoms are now responsible for the pandemic. And the worst <laughs> of the pandemic, you have you have kids I that mean, aren't sick are being called asymptomatic spreaders for the first time ever. And a whole bunch of MDs are now like, oh my God, yes, they're spreading this without any symptoms. No, we, uh, Listen, people, the only way we ever spread infections before Every elementary school you've ever been to in your whole life since you were five years old in kindergarten, you were told right. to sneeze inside your elbow, wash your hands so you don't get, like, cough on your hands, get snot on your hands, don't touch a doorknob, make sure you wash your hands often. The only time you have, you are able to spread anything is if you're able to cough, mm-hmm. like sneeze, mm-hmm. uh, fever, sweat, out the infection. And, then, and the only way you're going to spread anything is through your symptoms of cough fever, chills, sweat, sneezing. These are all symptoms. This is how you're spreading infection. Now, all of a sudden, there's another additional lie thrown at the whole world that now asymptomatic people are spreading an infection. It's so ridiculous. So anyway, massive amounts of lies, massive amounts of frauds. Why in the world did they lie about so many aspects of life, viral knowledge, uh, Symptomatic spread. Why did they decide to lie about every aspect of COVID nineteen? Why? Why did they decide to lie? Every aspect of COVID nineteen was lied. All of it, except for in the first month of the pandemic, January of twenty twenty. In that month, mm-hmm. there was the most truths, actually, oh, in the, the mainstream
1: media. I still got articles in the from, first you know uh, month, yeah, of January
3: yeah, no, twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, they said that after that I everything was fact checked, and then everything was a lie after
1: that. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Here's what I found. I've got articles from them, you know, tucked away on my computer that said that there is no pandemic. There's nothing to worry about. We've got early treatments. You know, like okay. I say, I've talked about this many times. The DDRO study of hydroxychloroquine or actually chloroquine yeah. at that point. You know, we already knew about mm-hmm. that. Uh, my mistake when I talked about this March 2nd was I, I heard about this new thing, Remdesivir, which sounded promising. I uh, later learned, of course, that that's death. And this, I started calling it the Remdesivir ventilator death march. They're still doing that, article, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and oh, so, okay. but, uh, but I had a bill, which I'm going to send you. We actually wrote, I wrote a bill. To, I, I had Bill Gertz on from the Washington times, February 25th of 2020 told us about the Wuhan lab. Uh, two days later, I wrote a bill for Congress saying they could only spend half their money on vaccines. The other half had to be spent on uh, um, early treatments. And that this is probably either a flu bug or a bioweapon. February 25th, yeah. 27th of 2020. That's how far ahead we were at action radio. And I did something okay. I that, looked- that, uh, that that no one else did. I went to my search engine, uh, this is before the March second show when you declared this whole thing a hoax. I put in three words in my search mm-hmm. engine: what kills viruses. That's all I said. I said what kills viruses. I got all this stuff that kills viruses because it made no sense to me. Then we talk about the logic mm-hmm. and reason filter. I mean, I deal, you know, this is this is how I analyze everything. It's got to be logical. It's got to be reason. And so I put it through the logic and reason filter. It's not reasonable to try and create a vaccine that takes 15 years for a virus that's already here. It's too late. It's already here. So you have to kill it you got to kill it. you got to treat it, right? So then I said, well, what kills viruses. Well, I found all kinds of things. Viruses kill viruses. Drugs kill viruses. uh, Drugs and viruses kill viruses. You know, drugs can act like laser targeting from viruses to kill other viruses. There are many ways to kill viruses. So if we have many ways to kill viruses, then there's no pandemic. And a vaccine is the worst thing to do because all you're doing is boosting your immunity. Well, that means people don't have their immunity boosted to begin with. So does this thing defeat immune systems? So these are the questions I'm asking, you know, in late February 2020. So so what, I mean, I'm not trying to blow my own horn here, but what separated me, maybe because I just don't have fear, because I look at these things and go, okay, what are they really trying to do? Because I grew grew up suspecting everybody. This is one of the blessings of a dysfunctional family, is you don't trust anybody. (laughs) So you know Oh, exactly right. Oh, yeah. That's the difference. So so, so I'm naturally skeptical, right? I'm looking at this going, what are they really trying to do? I said, why are they only pushing vaccines when we already know we have treatments? That's got to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just went from there.
3: Exactly right yep the okay. the question uh, the reason why
1: you were ahead
3: of the curve and why many like me were ahead of the curve and others is because we genuinely are curious and are willing to ask questions and do not blindly believe everything the mainstream media tells us, and we also don't just blindly follow and believe every authority figure, either politically uh, health wise it doesn't matter uh, we genuinely are curious and don't have. 100 percent faith and trust in all of the human beings and however there's one big difference i have found with those who were actually awake early and did their own research like you did we are genuinely curious and we actually want to learn for ourselves most of the world wants to be told what to do it's very odd i I don't know why people want to do this they just genuinely want to be blindly led through life Mm And then there's many of us who are just curious and actually love ourselves and the discovery of our minds in the realms of learning. It doesn't matter what the field is. We genuinely love to learn and want to make things make sense to ourselves. Uh, And so logic, common sense, rationale, that's what we enjoy. We like living in a space that we can rationalize the world we're experiencing every single day. For those who don't care about that stuff, they just blindly follow whatever's happening and accept those as truths that no one would lie in the media. I'm not joking. This is what they really behave like and believe. And so there's just a difference between the human beings who are curious naturally and have never lost that three-year-old mindset to ask why.
1: Why, 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 Uh, why would they say six feet was my first thought. Why would they say six feet? That's weird. Uh, What do we know? What's magic about six feet? I can sneeze further than that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
3: I was like, what, what is the magic of six feet? In fact, I remember my first Newsmax interview in May of 2020, and the uh-huh. very first question asked to me was this with another medical doctor on the screen. They wanted to know, Dr. Artis, what do you think about Dr. Anthony Fauci's claim this morning in the news that he's thinking about dropping the six-foot rule on college campuses and move it down to three feet apart <laughs> on college campuses in America? They said, what do you think about that? And I said, what do I think about that? I said, I haven't even heard that statement. I said, but I'll tell you right now what I think about that statement. This is my very first thought. I would like to know how Anthony Fauci came up with the first six-foot rule. And I said, and the reason why I'm going to say that is in 2016, I said this on Newsmax. I was reading an article a few days ago. In 2016, from this interview, in 2016, physicists were actually testing particles that they called air fluid, and air fluid by definition by phys- physicists means it has to be smaller than one micron. And An aerosol, I said, right? All right now. So we're talking about aerosol. And I said, uh, exactly right. right. I said, um, okay. yeah, air fluid means n- gravity has no effect on a particle this small. Right. So it has to be smaller than one micron in size. And I looked at the host on Newsmax, and I said, you two, can you tell me how big a coronavirus is? And they both looked at each other and said, no, we can't. And I said, it's 0.25 microns. That means it's a quarter of the size of one micron of any substance or particle, one micron or smaller, it's considered air fluid. And in 2016, they were testing size particles, one micron big, that's four times bigger than the coronavirus. And these are called air fluid. And they wanted to know how far does it float before gravity brings it back down to Earth. They were testing Hmm. one micron size particles. And they, well, they said, Greg, it. they tested it up to 16 feet. And do you know that every particle went past 16 feet and they stopped testing it? No, it's
1: and 200 feet. I I I, I, uh, oh. You can sneeze 200 feet in aerosol because your sneeze comes out like 200 okay. miles an hour. It's something ridiculous. Okay. I, I don't know if you've read about that today, but uh, I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong because I like accurate no, information, right. but, but uh, sneeze oh, goes a long right. way. you sneezing. Said, you don't block a sneeze. It's, it's, it's exactly. gone. Yeah. yeah.
3: Exactly right. Those <laughs> particles are so small, they just travel forever. So what they published in 2016, I said 16 feet. I'm sorry. The physicists actually checked it to 26 feet, and they said once it went to 27 feet, they stopped checking it because that was the distance they were evaluating for. So they knew in (laughs) 2016 that anything one micron or smaller, which is the COVID-19 particle size, they Mm -hmm. said would travel beyond 27 feet. And this is what I looked at Newsmax, and I went like this. If physicists figured out that things as big as COVID – can travel in the air between individuals farther than 27 feet. I want you to tell me what I think about Anthony Fauci's six foot guests and his now three foot guests. And both the Newsmax hosts looked at each other, Greg, in May of 2020 and went just like this, I guess we should start telling people to stand apart 27 feet. And I said, (laughs) exactly right.
0: Everybody should be standing
3: 27 feet apart. That's exactly what I said. Everybody needs to stand 27 feet apart. It's so weird. How do they not get it, Greg?
1: You know, because their mind. well, I'm going to tell you about a NASA study in, in a bit. I, I want to get a Judy question. In, well, uh, question for a second because i got to make sure I get these in. Do you have time past the top of the hour? Because I've got another – got a little bit more time. I don't know if you have another interview coming up. I just want to yeah, make sure. i got an interview right at 11 my time, Central Time. Uh, I'm top the time of the hour. Also. Let's do this quickly then um, because I want to tell you about uh, – I'll tell you off the air. Maybe we'll get you next time. I'll send you the information. There was a NASA study that tested um, kids at five years old for Creativity, Imagination, Problem Solving, and they found that 98% of kids were at the genius level at five years old. Wow. Now, once they went through school and became adults at 18, guess how many were still at the genius level for creativity, imagination, and problem solving?
3: Man, I have no idea, but I'd like to know. 2%.
1: 5%. Two. You
3: said two? Holy crap, I was...
1: was, uh... So reversed. Very close. So 98% of the kids were geniuses. 98% of the kids were idiots by the time they got through school. That's why. Oh, do you have,
3: do you, do you have that study, Greg? I want to do a whole so show. Oh, I on. got
1: like five different articles on I'm going to do it next week. I'll send it to you. But I want to make sure we get Judy's question and, and Diane's question before I'll send it to you because it relates to exactly our question. Why? Why are these people so accepting of this? Why are they so easily done by fear? And the reason is because they've lost their problem-solving and creativity. I'm convinced yeah, of it. Exactly. Let me tell you this. So Absolutely. Judy's question is, yeah, oh, this is going to be fun. We're just getting started. We're having, we're, this, this is, this is the, 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 you know, as uh, Matt Gates calls us, you know, the ideas factory. Uh, so Judy asks, would you ask him, I guess that's you, mechanism, mechanism of snakes shedding skin? She says, it's almost as if my hands and face were burned from the inside out. So good not to be seen on Rumble. <laughs> he says, uh, but uh-huh. She talks about Dupixent, D-U-P-I-X-E-N-T. Phospholipids and caro keratinocytes. Keratinocytes? Keratinocytes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What about snakes and snake skin? And you know what I think yeah, about that?
3: Was, I used to actually say, man, this shedding reference to the vaccine I think is just another skin reference. I'm sorry, another snake reference, because snakes mm-hmm. shed their skin every year. I was like, right. I think it's just a, a snake reference and they're just toying with all of us. But that's not what they were doing. And then the the question about keratinocytes, is that what you asked? Yep. All right. This is a very important key. Keratin in the body is is copper requiring. When you become copper deficient, you -hmm. will develop keratinocytes. You'll develop vitiligo. You'll develop all kinds of issues. You'll develop Mm -hmm. chronic fatigue when you're copper deficient. You will develop strokes. You will develop clots. You'll develop myocarditis when copper is deficient. Uh, Hmm. Now, this is important. Did you know that all snake venom components chelate or remove copper Copper. from the cells of all mammals?
1: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. So
3: this would be the correlation to sloughing of skin. And just so you know, every venom component from cone snail venoms in the ocean, marine sponges in the ocean, spiders, scorpions, snakes, all venoms have a published side effect to cause peeling, burning, sloughing, blistering of all skin tissue. So we saw lots of, of
1: mm.
3: it's because it's depleting and destroying copper. Exactly right. Interesting.
1: They're called, uh, I, I wanna, I wanna, are
3: called metalloproteinases. Metal proteinases.
1: Interesting. But, I won't, yeah, I got a question for later on, on uh, why cobra and crate. Because as I know, snakes, I think rattlesnakes are muscular toxins, whereas cobras are neurotoxins. Yes. So that's something yeah, I want to get into. And
3: cobras are neurotoxins
1: neurotoxins. So that's I, when we have more time, I want to explain that. Um, but Diane uh, asks, and she's talking about this, this thing I mentioned earlier, they're still using remdesivir uh, and ventilators. We call it the remdesivir ventilator death march here at Action Radio. Why are they still doing yeah. that? Uh,
3: why are they still doing it? Because the FDA approved that drug for being used for all COVID-19 patients in October of 2020. And, you know, it's even more disgusting. Yeah, but it kills people. I can't believe you're st- I know it still kills people and they're still doing it, but the FDA decided to approve it after it was killing people, which
1: is odd. How do they keep That's doing that? It's even stranger. But yeah.
3: it seems stranger. However, did you know what's even crazier? Did you know that in May of 2023, Greg, that Joe Biden dismissed the national emergency of COVID?
1: Yeah. I remember All that. Right, so
3: in May, he dismisses that this is no longer a national emergency, COVID-19. Greg, mm-hmm. what was the hospital protocol's drug, remdesivir, right, that drug, what was the drug of choice of the protocol during the emergency for COVID? It was remdesivir and ventilating people, right, and sedating them. All right, so that was the protocol during the national emergency. Now, the emergency is lifted in May of 2020. Do you know that hospitals were being incentivized the whole time during COVID? They were incentivized with a 20% add-on bonus if they just used remdesivir in any American 60 years old and older.
1: They, our it.
3: government insurance, CMS.gov, was paying a 20% bribe bonus to all doctors and hospitals giving remdesivir to every 60-year-old old American, no matter who they were, on the entire hospital bill. Do you know that when the national emergency was dismissed by, by Biden, do you know that at the same time he did that, he said in writing, we will allow the bonus structure for remdesivir and hospitalized COVID-19 patients to continue We'll let the bribery continue after the emergency until September 23rd of 2023.
1: I believe it. And you like have another interview, unfortunately. Uh, it's now it's the do. top of the hour. But, um, yeah. but, yeah, we want to talk about that. And the, Oh, God, there's so much to talk about. Um, I I was going to mention, too, that hospitals, at some point, it became more profitable to kill people than save people. We need to talk about that, too. Yeah. Thank you. Also, Anyone else before you it. go? Go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to
3: know, why did UC Berkeley's oncologist who did a research study, a 20-year study, why in 2000, the year 2000, did he say, I'm no longer doing this research study that was designed to be for 20 years? He canceled it after 10 years. study was, I want to know what kills people with cancer. The medical doctor wanted to know, is it cancer that kills people or is it the chemotherapy that's a part of the treatment for cancer killing people? In 2000, he published and left his study. He canceled it. He said 100% of the 100,000 people who he had been tracking for 10 years who died, 100% of them died from chemotherapy toxicity. None of them died from cancer. That's why he canceled the study. My question for you, Greg, would be why do we keep injecting cancer people with a drug that kills them called chemo? That oh, I could cancer, also be another of... question that fits in line <laughs> with why are we yeah. still doing remdesivir that kills people? Why are we still mm-hmm. promoting chemotherapy that kills people? And why are we vaccinating babies within 24 hours in America for a viral infection you don't get unless you're having sex with multiple partners and, mm-hmm. and having drug needle sharing called hepatitis B? Why are we yep. injecting 100% of all babies in America with a vaccine for a virus None of these babies are having sex with multiple partners, and none of them are actually sharing drug needles that medical doctors are the only ones injecting them with. So these are some of the concepts in medicine that all of us should be saying no to forevermore because they don't
1: make any damn sense whatsoever. Agreed. Where can people reach you? Let's just do that real quick, and then uh, I don't want to keep you from your too you you much. The, you can
3: follow me at the Dr. Artist Show, and next time you can see me in my T-shirt on Action News Radio with Greg Pangos.
1: Because yeah, we'll be live we'll be uh, we'll be visual with rumble. Thank you, Brian. We'll I really appreciate it. You're welcome God bless all you right. all see you happy. Thanksgiving. Bless you. Dude. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving Bye. Yeah, I, I keep them on for an hour if I could <laughs> Another hour. I mean, I just there's just so much to talk about um, That uh, this is fabulous. So I hope I got my questions. In. But those are some of the things too, you know uh, These are the questions we need to ask, you know, when did it become more profitable to kill people? Uh, cancer, you know, why if people are dying from chemotherapy um, then is anybody really being cured with cancer? And I, w- I was going to mention, I didn't have time, but, uh, uh, David Trombley, who is a soldier here, um, who, uh, had, uh, you know, he wrote a book grounded and cured. So he was grounded because he had bone cancer. Well, did he get chemo? No, he <laughs> died, exercise, nutrition, uh, and, uh, took care of himself. Cancer went away. Um, you know, I had, uh, I had melanoma skin cancer and I, unfortunately it was caught early and it was taken off, but, uh, did I go through any kind of other procedures or drugs? No you know i did my normal exercise nutrition and uh you know cut my stress down and that was fine i'm still wondering now if i if i needed heart surgery i'm going to uh, one day i'll find out about that but since it's done i'm not going to dwell on it too much because i can't change it but obviously i had the surgery so now the question is um, you know, was it necessary well hopefully <laughs> you know i like to think i'm doing better now even though i still have some uh, side effects uh, of the surgery but i also uh, know that um athletically You know, I, I, my recovery time from exercise is like half or less, you know, from anything. You know, I do 18 mile bike rides and I come back and I'm not tired. I'm 64 years old, you know, and, uh, and so, and I'm extending my bike rides. I'm actually going further. I'm doing, spending more time in the gym, you know, so overall, and a lot of that has to do with weight loss too. Weight loss is the number one thing you can do for yourself, but this has been fascinating. And so, like I said, we're going to rumble, hopefully maybe on, on video, we'll get Brian on more often, which would be nice. But I could talk to him for hours, and we did. We had, to, for 18 weeks, we had Brian and Judy and all these amazing doctors, uh, three hours at a time. And we had them for, you know, for, for the full three-hour show. And I started late. used to start at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon because that's when the Judy Mikovits on, the, on the Pacific Time could actually call in. Because that would have been, uh, 1 o'clock would be like 11 o'clock her time. Uh, but we did it. And we had, everybody was there, you know, most weeks. And it was just amazing. Now, I forgot to mention with him also Citizen Legislation Day. I'll have to talk to him about that, too. But uh, got to get him out here for that because uh, that's going to be fun. So, anyway, um, that's it. That's the show today. And I'll be taking off tomorrow's Thanksgiving. So, I'm taking that off Friday. and yeah, I'm taking that off, too. Uh, so, we're back Monday. And a lot of what I'm going to do this weekend is work on um, getting uh, getting us ready for Rumble. You know, Action Radio was moving to Rumble, and we'll be there. And the Action Radio channel is real easy to find. Same name I use every time: Action Radio Citizen Legislature. So that's where you'll find us. So uh, feel free to to go to that. Uh, and wait, is anybody else on? Uh, yep, that's it for um, for live chat. Nothing on there as well. I think I played everything I have to play. Is there anything else I need to play? Yeah, probably not <laughs> I'd have a Christmas screen all right let me see what's the music for, oh I know the music for today so let me just play our, our closing classic theme which we do on Wednesdays uh, a little Beethoven's Fifth and so let's get let me to scroll down for that and I will see you all Monday so I'm going to take a four day break so enjoy yourselves listen to all the podcasts there's plenty of information listen to this podcast that'll take you a couple times through just to cover all the ground we covered on this one Monday. And that'll be Monday, December. I don't know what is it. No, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. What is the date? Monday. November 27th. Full moon. Ooh, interesting. I'll see you then.